welcome to episode 574 of Conversations Tree. I'm just saying that because Michael didn't have the notes up. I just so but he sorry. literally just told me and I remembered in my brain. Do you know what? You've been keeping count, haven't you? I have, I've counted it up. <laughs> um, we are talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 1st and the 5th of May 2023, episode 10,942 to 10,000. 946. Yes, I'm Gemma. I am Michael. Hello, and, and welcome to our special Coronation Conversation Street. We've got a special logo and everything this this week. Thought I'd better do something patriotic for the crowning of our new monarch this weekend. Look, very much looking forward to uh, to the ceremony tonight. It's same as going to looks like it's going to rain a little bit, but yeah, good. Nice. You, you, you're excited to you know you're a, a staunch royal supporter, Gemma. How are you feeling about it tomorrow? What are you shouting at me for? I don't bring anything into this. What do you mean? Yeah, people get too annoyed. It's it's annoying. I don't want to talk well, about we're, it. Well, we're at a party and everything is going to be good. Um, well, I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed having Coronation stuff on Coronation Street. Did you uh, did you appreciate the decor and stuff? Um, I liked that there was a little child's picture. I assume it was by Lily. <laughs> Otherwise, goodness me. In um, the Platt's house, it said, God save the king. I didn't see that. I was, I was just noticing all the flags and everything. I do, I mean, obviously, Corrie's not Like going. a bit of Bonton, don't we? I, it's nice that they did it. It feels like Corrie maybe overestimated how much people would be having flags and stuff around for the week leading up to the coronation. Do you think so? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been driving around on the way to school and everything, and, and I'm not seeing many flags. I'm seeing a little bit but it's not quite as red, white and blue around here as it is in Weatherfield. Apparently they're, they're very um, well, staunch. Well, I am assuming that they're going to have a street party. What, on, on car? I, I, I don't know. They had, the, they had the street party and this morning, this morning. I know, but there are lots of places, like you could have, like in, in the city, you could have applied to the council to have a... A special I would, street party I would, license. I would dearly love for them to do something huge for the coronation, but it feels like it's like possibly going to be a case of throw some flags up. Let's not get it in the way of all the exciting stories that we've got going on. Like back in the day, you know, you'd have a whole episode being the this is the this is the coronation story, wouldn't you? This is the coronation episode. Pause all the drama. Let's celebrate this. But I, I don't know. I, I'm maybe I'm wrong. I, I've got no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, Monday, if, it, if this was like 1965, they would have had. Uh, um, hey, honey, how come we haven't got any bunting? Jack, I told you to order the bunting. Eh, oh dear, eh, you never said that to me. Jack, I can assure you that I did. <laughs> well, they, they did get a mention in tonight's episode, didn't they? I, I like that scene with Ken talking about seeing um, the yeah, original cut of the Queen's coronation yeah. in, in uh, Annie and Jack's back room. That was quite I, It fun. was good, but I did, I did have to like, you know, when you look up to the right and, or the left to sort of access your memory. Mm. Thanks. I had to do that to go... Did they, I mean, they rented, they definitely rented TVs and things for various things on yeah. the street before, but I don't remember when they, when they rented them, did they go, oh, this reminds me of when we <laughs> I don't know. had the coronation. I, I'm sure it must be in the canon. I did think it was a little odd how Jenny seemed to think that Coronation Street was named after the Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. I, d- yeah. I don't think that she's that dense that no, she thinks no. the street's only been around for that long. Well, it, it's been around for longer than it was named Coronation Street. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that what they said. Michael. Well, no. But she, she came to the street in, in 1984, or whatever it was, five, I can't remember, sorry. Um, but I would have thought well, that she would have known that, so. that it's not a... You know, it's been around for longer than 30 years at that point. But no, I, I, I liked it. I just... I just it, 
have everybody having flags all about their house and the precincts and everything. That that's not what I'm seeing, unfortunately. But I I wish I was because I like a good bit of flagging. Definitely. Um, so seeing the um the the, uh, uh, the this morning special this morning. So I've not seen any of it, but um they put a few clips on their YouTube channel and and I, and I watched a, like a little five minute clip. It had like Jack P. Shepherd and Tina O'Brien and um Bill Roach talking about um various royal visits that they've had, which it was all very lovely. I, I'd like to watch the whole thing, but um. Maybe some point over the next few days. So apparently that went nicely, although I have also seen a video of it being absolutely um, hammered on with rain, I'm guessing kind of after filming or in between bits, I, I don't know. But seems like it went well, seems like it went well. So um, lovely stuff and... Um, Do you want a quiz? Let's get on with the quiz, yes, yes. So I've got a quiz for you. I between you things happen between the 1st and 5th of May. Here's ending in the 3 and 8. I got this from comronationstreet.fandom.com, aka... First of May, nineteen thirty-eight. Mm. Frank Caballo marries Ida, but what's her maiden name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've got no, I've got no clue. Make a guess. Um, it's Smith. more exciting. Smith. No, big one. Leathers. Um, leathers, nothing. No, no clue. Second of May, nineteen eighty-three. Which park does Fred G take two friends? Only to have them roll into the lake in a car. Oh. And who are the friends? Well, it's Bet and Betty, isn't it? Um, was, I think that was at Tatton Park, wasn't it? Will you tell me yeah, the Tatton answer? Yeah, Tatton Park, I think. It is actually not. It's oh. Lime Park. Lime Park. Curses. Okay, right. Hope they didn't get Lyme's disease when they went in the water. It's no joke. Excuse 3rd of me. May, 1988. Birth of which current character? Say that again. What was the date? 3rd of May, 1988. 1988. So we got a, we got a nice 35-year-old. Uh, Did you not understand my Scottish accent then? <laughs> 1988. <laughs> <laughs> that was Welsh. Um, gosh, well, nobody celebrated a birthday, obviously, on the street this week, did they? Obviously. Unless I missed it. 35. I'm going to say... Uh, God, he's just a bit younger than us. Um... Um, no, I don't know. Do, 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 do. Are you know. sure that nobody celebrated a birthday this week? Oh. No, they did. Adam. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't find this week's Coronation Street that exciting, I'm going to say, but I do remember that there was obviously that that went on. Silly me. Silly you. 3rd of May, 2013. Mm-hmm. Death of which character off screen in a pool... Tom. Tom. Tom Midgley. Tom Midgley, alas. Uh, when was that? Ten years ago. I know. They don't, Boston, Jenny's they don't not even much. She's they? flying the flag. She's don't forgotten. Care. Yeah. Fourth of, um, Although we did do it. I don't think we saw Daisy at all this week, so she's clearly in mourning for her little brother. What would what would Tom think of this weekend? We'll never know. Fourth uh, of I May. I think he's a massive Republican, Tom Midgley, to oh, himself. Fourth oh. of May, 2003. Why does Vera throw a brick through Gail's window? Oh, gosh. I believe... In Love After Love. When was it? 19? It was 19... No, sorry, 2003. 2003. That's Um, that's probably a quite unpleasant noise. I'm going to say it was related to... 
Oh, this is boring now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe... Um, I'm thinking that maybe she didn't mean to throw it through Gail's window and she went, no, I'm getting a shake of the head there. Is it related to Richard Hillman? You're getting Hillman? a roll of the eyes. I did get a go on then. Why? I don't, Richard I probably, stole their money. Yeah, I probably should just watched this. I said... 5th oh, of May, oh, 1983. Birth of which current character? 5th of May, 1983. I said that. Right, so somebody's just turned 40 this week. And I'm they not going to... did. <laughs> did anybody else... Have a birthday this week. That's it. It's It was Adam and... Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Kirk. So, no. what? Go Maria. On. Yes! How did you know that? Because <laughs> you so, said so as if so close. <laughs> why did you say Kirk? I don't know. I don't know. I hate you. It just came to me. I hate you. Final question. 5th of May 2008, which two families agreed to swap houses? Peacocks and the Websters. Yes. Straight in there with that. Congratulations to everybody. Not not too bad, not too bad. Only three wrong, I thought I'd go on that. Sixth of May birthdays. Yes. Starting from Susan Brown, who played Clonnie Clayton, (laughs) the first. Joseph Ashton, who played, oh, Aston, sorry, who played Tommy Duckworth, the second. Ninth of May, Tracy Braben. Is that how you say it? I, I believe it is. She's going to the She coronation. is going to the coronation, isn't I sent you she? That. I sent you that text, didn't I? Yeah. Trisha Armstrong. Sally Carmen played Abby Franklin. Plays oh, is it? When's that? 9th of May. 9th of May. 9th of May. Happy birthday, Sal. 9th of May. Um, so, yeah, Emma Woodward, who is Sophie Webster II. 10th of May, Maureen Lipman, who plays Evelyn Plummer. Dylan and Hayden Whitbread, who are the second set of twins who portrayed Freddie Peacock. And Logan Blake Pearson, who is Liam Connor the second, and eleventh of May, Judy Alden, who plays Sam. Oh, Blake. lovely! I've got a fairly good mix nice of birthdays crop there. there. A good crop of birthdays coming up. Happy birthday, all those lovely, lovely people! Right, well, we need to get on because you said we need to make this a quick podcast I've got stuff tonight. We've <laughs> we, you've been complaining this week that the coronation is too early on Saturday no, morning. No, I don't say anything you? about anything because um, we've got can... people coming around, and usually when we have people coming around for dues, it's like lunchtime, maybe like mid-afternoon they arrive, but they got to be there with bums on seats at eleven o'clock tomorrow morning. I so, don't know um, how. Um, Going to be an early get up tomorrow. I don't. Well, let's do a podcast then. Let's continue with Street Talk. Right, okay, so this week's Street Talk. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily feeling Cory this week. It was like, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I just, I don't think there was too much that really got me going, oh, this is an exciting one. You know what I mean? Did you feel yeah, the same know, way? Yeah, all it this just, week was just fairly kind of... Mm. Yeah, we, we we were kind of giving it low bog standards on the, yeah. on the street talk shorts, weren't we? It's like, it, it was fine, but they, I, I just wasn't... It, it wasn't high stakes enough. There wasn't any sort of big mysteries or big shocks or, or anything like that. It, it really did the job. So, um, we, yeah, we are trying to make this a, a shortish episode tonight, but I've I got a feeling there's not going to be a whole much to discuss. We'll see. We'll see what comes up. Um, So, the, the Stephen and Elaine storyline we'll talk about first, Gemma. I'm calling it Bride and Doom this week. Ooh, because um, You hadn't told me that. No, I it's, it's not. I you know it's not that great. It, it'll do. Um, so yeah, that maybe um, Elaine's number will be up soon, or or is it Owen that's going to be Stephen's next victim? Possibly. We'll see what we think about that one later. We'll then talk about the poor, poorly Paul story, which I'm kind of going back and forth between actually finding quite sort of moving and and kind of interesting, and then other bits being like. 
I'm not really not really feeling it. And I think I think it's all the Damon aspects to it that I just wish weren't involved in it. I'm I, baffled I, by Damon because I kind of assumed he was going to be a sort of short-term character, but now I feel like they're really trying to make him... In- I know, I'm thinking, why Why is he still here? Why are we rehabilitating? Yeah, and, and, and are they? Is he telling the truth? I, I don't really know. I, I'm loving the Paul and Dee Dee relationship, but Damon, uh, he's not needed. And not only that, but he's also got his Damon in the Sack storyline, hasn't he? Which is, well, this week was all about the late-night licensing approval, which, oh, come on, Bennett, I was not, not feeling that Sarah Louise is like, don't get a late-night license because... Then we can't spend any more evenings together. It's it's like last year it was the boundary dispute. This year it's <laughs> late night licensing. I'll it's tell like, you what. Mm, it's not really a recipe for see, thrills and spills, is it? In America, they kind of like love the idea of like hot shot, high flying lawyers and walking around with sharp suits and all oh, attorney at law and you know like all these different TV programs where they have all these sexy people doing law things. <laughs> and in England, it's like boundary dispute. It's it's, full, it's night, true to, true to life. But... Exactly, but it's more realistic here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to wear a, w- a wig when you go and wear your robes, and you need to know all the laws. Uh, so we'll like talk boring. about that one next. We have boring. got a little bit of the explicit consent warning earlier on this week, and a little bit of Brian and Paul. Uh, so Brian and who was it? George's storyline, which again fairly low hanging fruit for this one. Friendship. Because they're two little boat building buddies. I like and it. it. It was it was fine. I think that having um having Brian in the storyline has certainly held it a bit more this week. But I'm still not really sure whether it's going anywhere or just kind of floating along without a breeze in the middle well, of the ocean. You know, Brian's come a long way since he was being baffled about broad beans. <laughs> um, there was a slight bit of the Acid Ryan storyline today, and also a return of Max. Max Sentence was back in tonight's episode with new new hairstyle. He was cosplaying. Sinead O'Connor <laughs> yeah, complaining about told the me this when I was watching it and I was like actually yeah Sinead O'Connor is I was expecting is, is him right to like there. take out a picture of the Pope and start ripping it up and being like, dragged off stage you know is, is he trying to be hard is this Paddy Beaver wanting to do this or is it's it method acting do you reckon he's been in he's been in strange ways for the last two months I'd like it's probably nice and cool for him um, he, he's clearly trying to not show himself as being a big wet blanket and it's like he wants to be hard because there was all these bullies in the prison uh, in, in the classroom with him today weren't there and, and Max was joining in on making fun of Daniel's creative writing task so I think he's trying to blend in there but I, I, I don't know whether he's doing a good job of that one But if I was stuck we'll, on a we'll... desert island I'd chop all my hair off what would you do with that? I'd put it in a little box that's what I do with all my hair when I chop it off send it off to I charity I chopped it off the other day you haven't even noticed did you? I've chopped, chopped off about yeah, how much is that? It's about 30 centimetres. Yeah. Have you really? Yeah. I need to inspect your hair later. She's got it, she's got it up at the moment. I always have it in a, in a hair claw. Yeah. And then I, I, I put it, I, I do, I tie it under my chin. Yeah. In a little elastic band and then I just cut the end of it off. I thought, that's and the then one I time you've done this, I did it for you. And then I, I put like it, sniffing your hair. That's gross. <laughs> and then I put it in a little uh, pouch. I've got three of them now. It's really creepy. <laughs> like little pets, you stroke them at night. No, I look at it and I go, I'm going to make, um, maybe they can clone me. And our uh, special gift for the next tier up on our Patreon is um, a lock of Gemma's hair. If you, if you, um, I think you can select how much money you want to give us, can't you? You can decide. I, I believe that as well, um, so, yeah. I will part with one of my locks of hair 
if you donate, what should we say? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You, you said us a thousand pounds. Okay, so we'll we'll highball it, shall we? Just to make sure that nobody actually does send us. That. I, I I don't mind. I've got three of them. <laughs> okay. Anyway. 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 I think what I want. To, I'm thinking of doing with them because mm. they're not long enough. Unfortunately, they're not long enough to go to make a wig. Otherwise, I would send them off for that, obviously, which I've done before. Oh, speaking of which, did you see Aggie's new hair it today? Fabulous, didn't it? Yeah, that was that was interesting. Oh, also, other hang chance... on, oh, I want to make sorry, a little... you in the middle my of wig. I want to make what I want to do is make one of those winges, which is a, a wig that's a fringe, and I can make a fringe of my own hair, and I can clip <laughs> it in and out, and eventually okay, I'll have enough hair that I can just shave my hair and have a wig of my own hair on on my head. Can't wait. The, uh, the, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say, no, the, the other thing from this week's Coronation Street, anybody else noticed, Jill Halfpenny's gone from my Argos adverts. The little eye dents at the beginning where they're like, oh, who thinks they're the next Jimmy Webster? Now it's just Are the normal... Are you nor- drunk? No. Uh, now it's just a, a, are you a, sure yes. nobody said like yeah because why do no, you think I'm, I'm asking I don't know because what you were doing earlier what was I doing oh yeah <laughs> no we're not going to say um, <laughs> I'm going to say otherwise it sounds dodgy he was drinking out the cat fountain <laughs> I just wanted to you say just lick, I just you, you I literally just cleaned the right, cat yeah, fountain in your, in your defence you did sanitise and wash the cat fountain and then I and you said you were thirsty it's one of these cat cat fountains that it, spray, it spurts out water in a little fountain for to the cat to... the cat. Yeah, because they like to drink from running water. And I just cleaned it and I'm doing a good and wash like, in the I'm sink. So changed thirsty. the filter. And I said, go and drink out the cat fountain then. And you went, all right. Yeah, it was right there next to me. Was so. it nice? Well, it just tasted the water. Was I only had a little splash. I didn't like, you know... This is weird. Drink my fill of it. Please don't use this against us. <laughs> okay, right. Should we... Um, are you... Who's doing this? Yeah, anyway. So I don't I don't know what's been going on with with our voiceover ladies as a, as a contract run out or something. But now we have somebody who has got um, a, a lot more standard British accent. No such thing. Whose go is it now? I, I assume that you would like to, to run down what's been going on with Mr. Reed this I week. I would... Please petition Coronation Street to kill off Tim. This reminds me, so when Pat Phelan was on his rampage and we were wondering who was going to bring him down, it soon became sadly apparent to us that it was going to be Anna, Anna mm. Windass, and we hated Anna. Um, and the same thing's happening again now with my lovely Stephen. He's going to be <laughs> persecuted by horrible Tim and I can't stand the idea. Well, I said this in the beginning of year predictions, didn't I? I think that the method of how it happened with... Um, Tim chasing Stephen down the road with Leo's body on the... Or, no, is it Elaine's body in the roof box or something and then going to the tip and getting crushed to the crusher or something, I predicted at the beginning of the year. But it was still Tim, so... Although I'd be sad to see Tim take Stephen down, I would have to take some satisfaction as soon as we being knew right about who gets him. That Elaine was going to be involved with Stephen, it, it seemed like the clock was ticking on her. Mm. And so... Anyway, right. So, she's, she's been, you know, she's been clinging on to life, hasn't she? Yeah, go on. Well, what's happened this week? Let's, let's remind us. On Monday, Sammy and Tim are talking about Elaine and Stephen, and Sammy's like, well, Elaine can decide who she wants to marry, and um, and Elaine's still mad at Tim, and she's sending him rude messages. Yeah, because he did that thing last week where he was saying, I can't believe you find my mum attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, uh, I don't know whether it was insinuated that it was actually secretly Stephen that was sending these messages, but... I think it's funny. <laughs> Either way, honestly. Yeah. Stephen and Elaine are looking into going to LA to get married. Not LA, LV. Oh, yeah. 
Las Vegas. Mm. Shona says, oh, I love it when old people are in love. <laughs> and she says, I'll keep your secret. And then she goes onto her phone and immediately texts the Platt chat uh, to say that they're getting married. And she forgot that Stephen Reed is also in the Platt chat. Mm. Um, so in order to uh, facilitate their escape, they find a flight that is leaving that very day. Tim and Sally come to chat with them because they've seen, seen this now, have they? And... No, 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 they haven't seen Elaine this. They're won't... still mad about the, the fallout from last week. And Elaine's like, you're not going to, you're not going to accept, um, I'm not going to accept your apology. You're only saying it because Sally told you to. And Tim says, sorry, Stephen, I just think you're something dodgy about you, which I think is ridiculous because this man, he's so stupid, he cannot get hints for like the most obvious things. Like if Sally went, oh, I'm a bit thirsty, Tim would say, why don't you drink out the cat fountain, for example, <laughs> instead of making her a cup of tea, like what she was trying to get. But somehow that, he that manages to see though. through Tim's, through Stephen. Sue Stephen's soul and work out that there's something not quite on the level with him, which don't buy that for a minute. Well, you know, that, that accent is definitely fake because um, in tonight's episode, we did hear his native Mancunian <laughs> accent slip through. He was like, speaking to her, wasn't he? How was your fry up? That was great. I loved that so much. I just love him so much. So... Steve, Shona has to stop them having a fight about the fact that Tim's insulting Stephen still. And, and Tim leaves and Elaine tells Sally, well, we are going to go to, to Las Vegas to get married and we're going to go this afternoon. So Sally scurries off and tells Tim and says, please don't do anything stupid about this. Um, Stephen goes into the factory and it, this was a bank holiday uh-huh. on Monday. And um, he's going in to sort of prepare to, to leave on his holiday. But Michael's there and... He's like, oh, you shouldn't be here because it's bank holiday. And, and he tells him that he's going to Vegas and says, while I'm gone, I want to put you in charge to butter him up. Yeah. Poor Michael. He never got a chance, did no, he? No, he didn't. He's saying, oh, I'm going to come up with so many great ideas. <laughs> um, I don't think he will. Sarah tells C. Stephen and congratulates him on his upcoming nuptials because she also is in the plat chat, even though now she's a Barlow. Stephen and Elaine go to She's C- also in Barlow Bants. Oh, Barlow Bands. That's what yeah. I thought, yeah. What other ones could there be? No time, was supposed to be a short episode. Winter whinging. <laughs> uh, Stephen and Elaine go to see Grimshaw Tim. Grimshaw grumbling. Definitely. Now I'm <laughs> thinking, now I'm thinking. What other ones are there? Connor conversation. Uh, that's what they would have, wouldn't it? It would be so boring, that, that that's all they'd come up with. And it'd just be, um, it'd just be Carla, Michelle and Jenny, like, sending each other pictures of, like pretty babies and puppies and stuff and Michelle's like I can't reply because I'm supposed to be sick <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones now I don't know I think I've, I think I've exhausted run myself run out run out yeah Metcalf mutterings m- mumblings <laughs> so um, Stephen and Lele go to see Tim who says well congratulations no hard feelings he shakes hands with Stephen to welcome him to the family and says, I will let you, I'll give you a lift to the airport. <laughs> I'm just looking into the sky now, thinking of other ones, but I, I think we've done them all. Um, he says, I'll give you a lift to the airport so that you can go and get married. But when Elaine gets in the car alone, he says, Tim says, I can't let you do this. And he speeds off with her locked in the back. <laughs> and they drive around the corner to the precinct. And Elaine says, look, you can't stop me from marrying Stephen. If you, even if you try... And she phones Stephen from her from her phone because uh, they have you know they have this conversation and, and she just points out that 
this stunt is not going to make any difference. It's just going to delay things. So he agrees to drive her back, but now they've missed the flight. So when Tim and Elaine get back, um, Tim and Stephen immediately start bickering and Elaine, Elaine's like, oh, oh, dear. She has a little oh, a lady moment, a oh, senior lady moment, doesn't I'm, she? I'm Fiona? having a Jane Austen A bit of a woozy boozy. And she needs her pills. So um, what pills, we wonder? Elaine and Stephen are in Victoria Gardens later having a little heart-to-heart and she says, oh, it's nothing bad, the pills. They're just high blood pressure pills. Um, and she moans about Tim a bit more and, and, she, and she says, oh, it's, it's so annoying that, that Tim just thinks that you want to marry me so that you can get your hands on my money. It's ridiculous. Maybe we shouldn't get married so quickly. Maybe we should think about it a bit more. And um, Stephen sees Adam and rushes off to talk to him. And we find out when he returns that he had asked him to draw up a prenup so that he can prove that he's not just after Elaine's money. And Elaine's like, no, 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 no. You don't need to do that. There's no need. And he says, no, I insist. We'll get on with this wedding. I've sorted this out. Um, I just need to go to the office. So... Sally and Tim chat alone later, and, and now they know that he's ha- they're having this prenup. Tim's kind of a bit annoyed because he's got no leg to stand on now to complain about this marriage. And Sally's in love with the idea that they're swish enough as a family. Now they're so posh that they need a prenup. I, I did. I, I like that. That that's her new status symbol. <laughs> prenup and I family. love this too. Yeah. So um, meanwhile at the factory. Stephen's going to plan B. Yes. Plan B is take out a massive life insurance policy <laughs> on on poor, poorly Elaine. Yes. Now, as far as I remember, I don't think this would actually work because from our experience of life insurance companies, they say, oh, is there anything that's ever might have possibly ever been wrong with you? And you say, well, you know, might, you know, one time this happened. They go, well, if you die of that, we won't cover you. Mm. So if she's gonna die of high high blood pressure, they'll be like, nope. Well, I'm still I'm still always going for him pushing her off the Grand Canyon or something, but it looks like that's out of the question now. They're staying she, in in and Britain. She's such a doormat. As she fell, she'd be like, Stephen, don't blame yourself. It was an accident. <laughs> yeah. You slipped. <laughs> ah. um, yeah. So that was quite exciting. There was also at some point in that episode, I, I had these notes somewhere else at some point, and I've just. Uh, crowbar them in here there was a there was a great little conversation between Jenny and Debbie who have uh, got a lovely little feud going on there and um, Gemma, they're talking about um, that now Gemma and Ches are going to have their wedding reception at Chariot Square Hotel of course they are and um, and Jenny was like oh it's really it's really nice of you to ask because oh I always thought you were a bit up yourself Debbie <laughs> and, and Debbie says oh, are yeah. you bringing the guest or are you still single yes and this kind of maybe spurs Jenny on to, uh, to look out for a new romantic partner now we did know that um, Gemma was going to get married in Chariot Square didn't we because when we went up to Coronation Street a few weeks ago on the tour um, we couldn't get into the police station because they told us that they'd been filming Gemma Wedding stuff um, in the Chariot Square hotel set which is just up the stairs in the police station so they, they must have been kind of like spilling out down the stairs and everything so although if you go on the Coronation Street tour mostly you can go and outside the police station and have a good snoop around you, we did not get the chance uh, hang on I don't remember being able to do that yeah, well, you can go in. You can't go in that much. Well, you can't go into the we've, cells or we've anything. We've done it. We, we've, we've gone in a long way. But yeah, the tour's now. 
They do. do they? I promise they do. Okay, yeah, we I didn't on, know that. On the street, on the um, the Star Tour that we did last year, we went in to see um, we went Sally Carmen, didn't we? We went in the foyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what, that's what I mean. Yeah, but we snoop around. Well, you can snoop around the foyer and read all the leaflets. I don't think you can. But anyway, I, I, well, I don't know, but Jury's we didn't out. anyway. But anyway, because... Wednesday. Yeah, we knew that Gemma was getting married there. Wednesday. Audrey's mad at Stephen because she found out about this engagement from the plat chat and you know I feel really bad for her because gals gals like lost cause now so she she wants to see <laughs> her darling I son. don't think there's ever, ever ever is too late for Gail to get married I mean she, I'm surprised that she's what she's been single for this long to be honest I know me too this is like probably Gail the longest new... period that Gail has ever not be... had a man on her arm imagine imagine how thirsty she is for love <laughs> Do you know, do you remember, we've spoken about this before a few times, you know that, um, is it called Return to Oz? That creepy yes, Wizard of Oz sequel. The creepy wheelie people. Yeah. And there's a bit where the Queen, I think she's got a corridor full of heads. Quite possibly. And I just have this image of like, at, at Grasmere Drive, Audrey's got an entire room that she opens and it's just full of mannequins with all of the wedding outfits that she's ever worn to Gail's various <laughs> weddings. That is, a, that is a weird imagination you got there. Thank I like you. it. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> and a big portrait of Alf gazing down on them. Going, I'll never age, Audrey. <laughs> Stephen tells Elaine that she needs to rest today because she was so pooped out from her blood pressure Kidnapping issues. Ordeal. And he says he's going to rebook the tickets but he needs a passport. Hmm. Now, Owen turns up. Owen is the um, the investor on behalf of the Americans who was being schmoozed by the factory lot. Yes, they're but he be, also yeah, take America by storm with nipper snapper. He kind of reminds me of Teddy quite a lot. I know what you mean. He really looks like Teddy's long lost brother. Maybe that's the twist. Maybe, maybe this is Jenny's type. Just likes and it's just a normal looking bloke. Yeah, he is. He's just yep. a yeah, box standard bloke. He likes his beer and his football and his birds. <laughs> so, um, Owen shows up on the street. He's very unintimidating kind of guy. That's isn't a nice he? way uh, to put it. Yeah, <laughs> he's very unintimidating. Like me. And when you when it's a lady, you say she's got a nice sense of humour. <laughs> um, so uh, he's he's obviously there to see see Jenny as Owen, um, but Stephen takes him into the factory because I don't think he's picked up on that. Tim and Elaine are chatting in the pub and they're very civil but Elaine wants him to try to make things up with Stephen about the whole kerfuffle and Audrey comes in and sees Elaine and goes to leave but Elaine calls her over so they can have a chat and they have a very nice heart to heart with Elaine telling Audrey this is a nice scene what a great mother she's been to Stephen and, and Audrey's getting teary about this about the fact that he was going to elope and she wouldn't be able to see him and um they kind of um share tales of having their child away it was sort of estranged for large periods of their life because it means Stephen's not been a huge part of Audrey's life ever really has he no it's almost like this is the longest he's ever been sort of around, a, around her mm. and then obviously Tim wasn't a part of Elaine's life for the best part of what 40 50 years or so as well so well I love understandable that Audrey would like to see that you know him him taking somebody up the aisle mm. um I love the way that Audrey was getting very teary-eyed and she said, he really is, he really still is my baby boy. Yeah, I just love that, that nice. so much. It's very sweet. So Elaine goes and finds... She's going to be she's gonna be just devastated, isn't she? I, I hope that... I cannot wait to see her reaction. I hope that we get to see it I all hope the they don't make it silly. 
I well, hope that I, they show it care. because sometimes with some of the um, older members of the cast, they shy away from having them there in in some of the big reveal scenes. It's similar, similar with some of the younger ones; they don't always have them in there. I they... wouldn't have said I thought that about the older ones, but I know what you mean about the younger ones. Well, like you know, Rita isn't always isn't about very much, is she? Yeah, and, I know. But and, Audrey, and, and Audrey Audrey's is around more than Rita. She, she, she is around more, but I. She's not I, that much I hope, older. I hope Gail, that they play it straight because you know we've seen some fantastic performances from Maureen Littman because she's they're they're trusting her to deliver some really heartfelt emotional scenes recently, like with Cerberus and everything. And I hope that when Stephen is revealed to be this mega serial killer, I I, I want there to be. Some I want the Audrey's whole plat family to react together in the same way that they reacted when they got to see um, what's his face's Bellini video. Yeah. What's his name? Lewis Archer. Lewis Archer. And I can kind of imagine a similar response. Like David doing a weasel face. Like, <laughs> Uncle Stephen's a serial killer. I drive... I, I'm really... Uh, like, that's the only thing that uh, makes me want him to sort of end his reign of terror. Because other than that, I'm quite happy for him to continually murder people until <laughs> nobody's left. As... I, I'd rather like... they played it straight because I've st- I'm still kind of feeling that the Platts are not the really you know, key Corrie dynasty as they were, say, five years ago when not. they were the the big family on yep. the street and they're just kind of there for the odd but scene here and there and the, the comedy scenes and you got Shona doing her silly things in the cafe and David's making a sarky remarks around the dinner table, Gail less said about the better. They just feel really kind of fragmented. And, and, and Yeah, and to have the Platts as a peripheral family in Coronation Street, it just doesn't sit right with me. They have been the heart of some of Corrie's best drama over the years and it and I know we've had the Mac stuff this year and everything but even that I don't, they, it just feels like they, they're off the boil and yep. they've got some such brilliant um, actors in there every one of them everyone, you know Tina O'Brien Jack P. Shepard um, Helen Worth has been amazing you know not so much recently but back in the day Sue Nichols still still fantastic and to yeah to, to push them off to the side for so long because all, all families and, and characters will have their time out of the spotlight, but it, it feels to me that the Platts are just yearning to be the centre of the big story. And yes, Stephen is part of that whole family, but it, the Stephen serial killer story doesn't really feel like a Platt story, does it? He's getting on with his own thing, and occasionally he'll have the odd scene with, with Gail or Audrey or something, you know? I agree with you. Come on, justice for the Platts, bring them back, they... Yeah, yeah. So Elaine goes to find Stephen in the factory and says, I've had a change of heart. I don't want to marry you away from the family. I want a proper wedding. I want a fancy venue. Um, and he's like, a fancy venue? That could take a couple of years to organise. And and she says, look, I, I don't care. I'm excited. We could get a double-decker bus. And she runs away. Like, why would you want... What are you, what are you talking about? A double-decker bus? She yeah. runs off, all excitement, all excited. But then Stephen gets a text because he's been plotting and he needed a passport so that he could sign up for this life insurance policy and it's coming through. So the, the um, everybody gathers in the Rovers and Elaine wants champagne because she's so excited. And Stephen's annoyed because Owen's at the bar and, and he wonders whether... Um, Owen and Jenny are an item and, and Jenny's like oh it's early days to see where the wind takes us and so uh, Stephen has to slink back to Elaine and uh, give regretful looks over his shoulder at sexy young Jenny you he know, really is down the sloppy seconds of the lane isn't he well 
Last week, that was me going, uh. Last week, Tim did accuse Stephen of possibly running off at some point with a 35-year-old to dump, to dump, um. He, He did. Elaine, but I think he's got his sights set on somebody else, but she's definitely younger than Elaine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sexy Jenny. I, I, I'm, I'm finding that part of the storyline really exciting. Well, not, not exciting, isn't it? Right? No, really, I like really it. enjoyable to watch. It's I, really interesting because it's like, what do you think you're doing? It, it's, another, it's another one though that it feels like they're just kind of touching on and then shying yeah, away yeah. from it. It's, this storyline has been a lot more about Stephen and his murderings and his plotting with Elaine and everything. And then occasionally he'll have a little chat with Jenny and show that he's still kind of interested and she'll, and go, she'll be a bit coquettish <laughs> and flirty <laughs> with him and and I, I've loved seeing her kind of really happy with Owen. It's nice to see her, you know, we love Jenny and it's good to see her in a, in a good place, which I, that she clearly is at the it's moment. It's really nice that she's gotten but, over the fact that her stepdaughter was attacked by a yeah. stalker at and, her wedding day and she still hasn't actually tied the knot with her long term. Yeah, and that Leo is, is missing and yeah, his dad is... Dad's just, missing. So yeah, no, it's, it's nice to see her going through some good things, but I, I, that, that element of the story, I'm just saying, come on, Let's move forward. Let's get. Let's get something. I. I, I want that him to make the move on Jenny or or something. Or... Well, he's got to tie the knot with Elaine first and get that sweet cash. <laughs> um. Okay. Right. I want to talk about the prenup, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Owen. Uh, Owen has a meeting with Stephen later, and he he's set. He's Stephen's trying to ask him about what's going on between him and Jenny, and Owen says, "Oh." Well, we've played, made some plans to meet up. It's going slowly, but I'm really, I really like her. Blah, blah, blah. So on Friday, Stephen sees Jenny and Owen again laughing, and he's like, ah. Um, and as he goes to work, Actually, that was in today's episode, wasn't it? What the Stephen and Owen scene? Did I not end? just say? Well, anyway, on Friday, I think I wrote that in the wrong place. Oh well. It on Friday, at some point. Stephen's going to work, and the postman's there, and he grabs his post, and he's got a, this life insurance policy has come through. Hooray! Mm. So he goes into the pub and he jokes with Jenny about having Elaine surgically removed. That's so funny. <laughs> and then he starts talking to Owen and tells her that um, he tell no he talks to her about Owen and he's like, you know he's he's got a bit of a history with women, don't you? Like he's got so many women who've got a story to tell about about old Owen. And Jenny's a bit disappointed and and she kind of says thank you for tipping me off that he's not quite the gentleman I thought he was. Then Elaine comes in. And she goes, oh, we're spending life together. I love you. So so this is kind of what I'm talking about, about this, the, the storyline kind of dropping off and just flirting on the edges of something big happening between Stephen and Jenny. I mean, he, he, he I'm, I'm really seriously starting to think that Owen could be bumped off before Elaine now. I know Stephen is trying to avoid bloodshed by just putting Jenny yeah. off the scent and saying that he's a bit of a dodgy guy, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think Stephen's in the mindset now uh, yet of saying, I will kill anyone who gets in my way. I kind of think he is because no. he did. He seemed fairly, you know, blase about drowning Rufus a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, but he didn't ago. kill those naughty drug dealers that tried to bribe him. They just told them to go scoot. <laughs> he did, didn't he? But th- we thought that he could have done, and and he did say, if if you do this again, I will kill if you. If anyone else has got anything else um, to say, uh, now's the flipping time. Exactly, as, as Steve McDonald would say. Um, I, I think he would. I think he's getting very, very um, cocky and and thinking, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm the king of the. 
King of the Walk, and I can I can bump off whoever King I want. Um, and I, so it it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If he like sees Owen as just a an obstacle in his path, and he just gives him a quick shove over a cliff or something, or a uh, quick whack with a with a hole punch. Give him the old archdeacon. Oh, that reminds me. Um, Morgan, I listened to Morgan went to a, a talk um, the other day at his university, yes. didn't it? University of Liverpool was it? Um, led by Ellen Taylor, Coronation Street writer and um, ex Coronation. Oh, no, uh, hang on. For- previous former. former Coronation Street guest, one time. Conversation Street one t- guest. She's been on the podcast once. Um, and yeah, she was talking about all things Coronation Street. And I, I do want to hear a lot more about this. But one of the things that she was talking about was about this hole punch and how that particular scene went through different iterations. And I it, would say, I it, don't know whether it was, you know, something that she wouldn't want to talk about on a podcast. But um, I would so love to have somebody... What, when the Stephen storyline's over, I'd love to talk to... Um, Todd Boyce about I would this. very, very, I'd very much love to, to have Todd Boyce on the podcast. Love to talk to somebody about, a writer, about how this developed. Because we got to speak about the Pat Phelan story mm. with um, Dan McVerry. You did, didn't you? You yes. talked to her about yeah. various and, and we talked to, to Connor a lot about it as it was going. But I know, yes, because the actor has a different perspective, though, mm. from the writer. Yeah. So Todd Boyce wouldn't have been involved with, oh, am I going to use a hole punch? No, but apparently it, it could have been that. It could have been, I can't remember, there was another piece of office equipment that apparently was, was suggested, but then it felt it wouldn't be pack enough clout. And then there yeah, was like a decanter like, like, was possible, the, but it's a bit Is boring. it hefty enough? Yeah, so it's all, all these things. And and I think also it's like the, the hole punch was a bit of a comedy weapon. It was. And, and that's what and they're it was, going for, and it's for this story. Yeah, totally, totally. It really is. So, um... Yeah. So anyway, so do you, do you you don't think that Owen's going to be you know meet the business end of a? I think what's going on at the moment himself. is Coronation Street is really enjoying flirting with us a little bit, um, and teasing us all as viewers like who's going to die? Who's Maybe it is again? a bit of that. Who's going to be on his list next? Could be I, him. It could be her. I don't think anybody thinks. Okay, he's finished killing now. Nobody thinks that for a second. And there hasn't Once been. Once you pop, you can't stop. There hasn't been any spoilers that I've seen, at least, that you know he's gonna kill again. Maybe there has been, and I and I've managed to avoid it, which is good. But it just feels like this could keep on going. And is he going to become the most prolific serial killer on the street? Like, Please, I fingers crossed, because I loved Pat, Pat Phelan. Has is, got the highest body his count was at the moment. Very low. You know, it was a long burn, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas I think Stephen's going to shine bright like a star, as it, a shooting star. I, I have been thinking that it's, <laughs> it's, he's bumping them off at quite he's a quick going rate really, at the he's moment. He's going a lot faster than yeah. most other... Yeah, because we had, we had Leo back in September, then we yeah. had um, Teddy, what, January, Rufus, April. He's, he's going through them quite a bit. And, uh, well, this is what they do. This is what the serial killers do, Michael. They have escalations. Is, is that right? It is true, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it's just a. Are they thinking, oh, we haven't got anything out of them. What, what else can we do? I don't know. Let's have him bump off someone else. Or is it they're just trying to rack I, up I'm the gonna body say, count quickly? I'm going to say there's a little bit here of Coronation Street has acknowledged that this is a serial killer story. It's not the story of Stephen Reed, you know, turning to the dark side or. Um, a man who's kind of stuck in a in a difficult situation. You can say that, you know, you can say that about um, John Stape. You know, he it's a comedy of errors almost, where he just continuously kept killing people, 
despite his best intentions, and we've all been there. That it? was quite quick, actually. But, you know, Pat Phelan was a story of a man in, in the darkness and a, and a character study of a, of somebody who was denying their inner darkness. Whereas Stephen Reed's story is incredibly simple. It's a Coronation Street serial killer and how he goes about his victims. And I don't mind that at all. I quite like the simplicity of the fact that he's just a Coronation Street serial killer and who's he going to kill next? Mm. Yeah. We don't need everything to be so fancy and dark and and um, I, I I don't think for one minute that they couldn't do it that way. We mm. know we've seen them do it before and I think Todd Boyce would be brilliant at it. But leaning into this like really campy, this is a ser- this is a soap serial killer. Yeah, but like I just said, just like the frenzied kind of excitement of of the bloodshed and and the yeah, it's just like if you boil down all the soap serial killers in a pot you'd end up with some delicious Stephen Reed font. <laughs> Do you think when he gets finally unveiled, he's going to be on more on the kind of Pat Feeler and I'm the darkness and the light, ha Or is he going to be like, oh yeah, sorry about that. It's a bit embarrassing. Is he going to be a It's just business. I don't know, but I can't wait. I just, I, like I've said before, I think he really does need to up the stakes. Who's going to care about... About who oh, he kills. Who's going to care about Owen being yes. bumped off? Another person potentially being brought in just to be a victim. Rufus was brought in just to be a victim. Even Elaine, yeah. who <laughs> she came in as a victim, to let's be honest. Um, I, I, she's not big enough a character to yeah. really leave an impact. He's know, got to go after someone huge. I know I've done this quote before on, on the on the show where I declared that Adam's Valley Valley was my favourite film of all time. Mm. But it still reminds me of that bit where... Um, at, at the camp that horrible girl says they're asking who's going to do be the lifeguard and the girl <laughs> yeah. goes I'll be the victim and Wednesday says all your life yeah, that is alone that is alone right there I, I, did you um, were you um, surprised that they cancelled the Vegas wedding no I was actually because I was thinking when they were talking about we're going today it was like a, okay yeah I mean they've had quite a few scenes time for a little break for the actor well I believed it because when um, Stephen said to Michael, okay, you need to look after factory. I'll be gone for two weeks. I was like, oh, oh, Stephen's going. Oh. He still might be. You know what this box story is. Yeah, I know, I know like. what it's like, but I did, I did completely buy that they were going to go off and come back married. Do you think that they are actually going to get married? It... Well, let's talk about the prenup then. Go on then. We were, whoa. No, 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 that's fine. Go on then. I dare you. Um, <laughs> we were talking about it and it really doesn't solve... The, the, the main concern that Tim should have in that don't kill my mum, but obviously he doesn't realise that that's something he should be worrying about. But it also doesn't solve, like, it, it only covers Elaine if they get divorced. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I That's what, as far as I understand, a prenup is there to say, if we split up, then... We take our stuff and leave. Yeah. So... They but aren't... if someone has an accidental fall off the Grand Canyon, in inverted commas, money's all still going to Stephen, <laughs> well, if, surely. If she hasn't updated her will, then I don't know where it would go. Oh, she probably has. She probably sits there, you know, practising her new signature, saying Elaine Reed. No, I bet, she, I bet she, she's lots. like, Mrs. Stephen Reed. Yeah, probably. So And yeah, of course she'd so update the prenup, her will. The prenup only works she's if they obsessed. split up, but I don't ever think that that was... That was never Stephen's intention to marry her and divorce her and take half her money. That was obviously never the plan. Right. Do you not think? No, I guess so not. So he's like, whatever, have a prenup, I don't care. 
prenups in this country. It might have been at one point, but maybe now he realises that killing is a fairly easy solution to and his it's problems. Pretty quick. And you know, Elaine would you know she maybe drive at any reasonable person to want to do a bit of stabby stabby because she is fairly annoying I'm, I'm going to defend her I think she's actually quite nice I've got, I think she's <laughs> she, nice. she is she is nice she's just... but I can just imagine her like I'm imagining the psycho scene where she Elaine in the shower going ah I think she'd, she'd suit the role of a you know a 1960s um, macabre, macabre film, well, yeah, film noir sort of screamy macabre. Doctor Who companion victim really really well she's definitely got doc, she's definitely got low tier boring Doctor Who companion energy <laughs> yeah, she does doesn't she <laughs> I mean she, she'd make but a better you know, companion than who else? well let's not name names the most recent ones um, no I can just imagine that scene not in as Psycho. good as Mick Gibson Yes, I can imagine that scene in Psycho where you know the, the the shower screen is pulled aside and she's there going, "Oh, Stephen!" and he's got a knife and she's like, "Oh, are you chopping tomatoes?" and he stabs her and she's like, "Stephen, you've you slipped and 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 stabbed me, but it's okay." And then he stabs her again and she says, "Stephen, I, I don't know if you realise, but you're killing me." And then she's and then he stabs her again and she says, "Stephen, I'm so sorry. I seem to be in the way of your knife." And she just dies on the shower floor. Oh, I really want going, that to be. I'm really sorry if this is inconvenient. I'll drag myself into the bin for you. I'm sure... Anyway, listen, I've been trying to say this three times. Can I just say, prenups in the UK, not very common, but I looked into it and they are actually legally binding. If you do it correctly, you have to to really make sure that you're doing it legally, but... Mm. Yeah, we don't we don't really like those in this country. It's not a common thing to, Just to not have. Cricket, is it? Well, I mean, for goodness <laughs> sake. I mean, what happens if you marry a woman and she wants to take your castle? <laughs> anyway, but you know, if Stephen's smart, he just gets... I mean, it looks like he's going down the I'm just going to get the life insurance policy, but he could also go down the route of won't you write me into your will? Yeah, yeah, it could, could be. Because if I was him, I'd say, you know, we're going to build... We're going to buy this house together. Mm. Um... If 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 you die, you don't want me homeless. Mm. No, she, yeah. So it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense for her to not be in the will. No, no, yes. Him right. not to be in the yeah, will. Yeah, so yeah. that he's got still got two, you know, backup plans. Mm. Of we we say it might get a bit stabby stabby or pushy pushy, but there there is the whole thing of she's on pills for what was it for high blood pressure. High blood pressure. I mean, she you does seem very. Like, you wrote he's you written Elaine on pills. You make it sound like she's. She's on LSD or something. No, no, no. I just wrote Elaine on pills. Like, oh, what do we think of that? Um, she is very, very highly strung, isn't she? So that high blood pressure, I'm not too surprised about. That's um, why I had to go to hospital. I know it is. Yeah. I know it is. Um, so what does it... it I, I don't know enough about it. Is there a way to bump someone off without looking like you did it? Is there a on high blood pressure, or does he just? I think you just swap need his, to swap her pills out for something else. I think you just need to watch what I'm doing if you want to see how you die of high blood pressure, because I think I'm on a pretty good track for it at the moment. I, I think she's states, a bit too a bit too um, drink butter. Svelte. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> I didn't say anything about you, darling. I don't really know very much about high blood pressure and how you would. I, I guess the idea is just she'll go swoon swoon. I need my pills and it'll be like I can't find them and see mm. if she sort of like falls on the floor and dies yeah maybe it, that's, that's not it's, it's no drowning in a, in a fancy swimming pool though is it 
I mean, I'd rather just die of eating too much steak, but is that gout? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 there's just a little bit of me that thinks that maybe Elaine is going to be his survivor in this, and but I, 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 I literally I don't think that she's needed beyond this story. Fair play, because there, there was a quite a period, wasn't there, a, a year, a year and a half ago, when she disappeared off Corrie for a while after the Yasmin story finished. I don't think she would like, come back. Oh, so, okay, so Elaine's left, she's gone. Months pass. Oh, so Elaine's just popped round, so she's still in the programme, is she? A couple of scenes, goes again no, for months. I'm going to tell you, oh, I right, reckon... Get rid of her, but now she's only a, a main player again. So. I'm going to I'm gonna bet, and I can safely say this because nobody's going to call me on it, and I'm not going to pay any money up. Nobody's recording this. I'm not going to pay any money up for this. No, I'm going to bet that they brought her back for Stephen, and I'm going to say, I think she's going to die. Because that's going to turn... Tim's obsession with Stephen from comedic in denial son-in-law who can't cope that his mum's banging a bloke <laughs> that he isn't related to um, into a sort of revengeful kind of um, warrior of justice. Yeah. Because at the moment he's just being an ass. Mm-hmm. But if his mum dies and he suspects that Stephen had something to do with it. That's a much more interesting story, isn't yeah. it? I enjoyed the scene. I can't remember what happened in it now, but I know I enjoyed it at the time. With um, There was something where Sally and Stephen were left alone in, in the house there and Sally was trying to like just keep him entertained. Yes. What, what were they talking She kept saying, do you want a cup of tea? It's because it's when Elaine was kidnapped. Oh yeah, that's right. And it? she yeah. was asking him if he wanted a t- toast? I don't, I don't remember. It was funny, but... Um, Clearly not very memorable. I tell you, I tell you what I reckon. Uh, what I reckon Sally's doing right now? What? Making Camilla's quiche. Do you reckon for tomorrow? So she, she, she is the sort, isn't she? As are you. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. some Camilla quiches. I have made. I don't. I think it's unfair I, I, to slander I, you Camilla. You don't mind if I don't eat one, do you? To slander Camilla with this quiche because I don't think she had anything to do with it. <laughs> it seems like it might not be very nice. Yeah. Why do you not want to eat it? What's in it? Spinach and spinach and broad beans, which in America is fava beans. Well, I maybe don't which want are to not eat it dried. It's got spinach Can and I just tell you that they're not? They're like edamame beans. They're not dried flowery beans. They're well, fresh green beans. I don't have it if it is a quiche Lorraine, but not a quiche quiche Camilla. I'm afraid. Well, you're gonna make. You're gonna try it. Yeah. Um, it's got right. cheese in it. It's got spinach, cheese, and broad beans and tarragon. Oh, broad beans really aren't very nice. Um, right, poor, poorly, <laughs> Paul. I can't believe you. And his bad hand, everybody. What tragedy there was this week. Billy there, he's 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 talking about some parishioner being on their last legs at the beginning of the, the episode. Do you think this the same person who's got MND that he's talking about Oh, maybe, today. yeah. Apparently it's the new trend in Weatherfield, isn't it? To get, to get my own disease. Yeah, the thing in the water, I think. Um, so anyway, he's talking about, oh, one of my parishioners is going to die. And Paul's like, oh, so am I. Um, oh, you might have to do some bloody work, put Billy, eh? Imagine yeah. that, having to do a funeral. <laughs> I just noticed that like, my notes document here is corrected. Paul's got money problems to Paul's got money problems. <laughs> <laughs> I can't well, sell the money because I nicked it. He's like, I used to do a, really, a good side racket on counterfeit water lilies pictures and now my dodgy <laughs> hand is just... Michael. <laughs> uh, it just looks like Jackson Pollock now. Anyway, um, B- Billy says, look, don't... So Billy tells Summer about these money problems. 
Don't worry about him though, he's fine and I'm kind of blind to everything tragic that's going on with him. So um, at work, Paul drops a plate um, and Dee Dee comes in and says, Paul, I've um, just gone behind your back to arrange a really awkward, uncomfortable meeting with somebody that I think you would really want to meet. It's Trish, everybody, whose late husband also had MND. He's and dead. He, he's dead now, yeah. He, he had a really tragic and expensive final few years. Come and talk oh to Trish God. about it. So um, they, they go back to the flat and, and, and Paul's clearly not into this. And um, Trish picks up on the hints as well. She, Paul's like, you, you can't just spring things like this on me. I'm, I'm not ready for this yet. And Dee Dee's like, no, no, you must confront your mortality, Paul. Go on, you've got nothing to lose. And so... so Paul's like, oh yeah, okay then, fine. Trish tells him a little bit about what happened to her husband and how he was deteriorating, how expensive it was. And Paul's like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford this. I'm not ready to think about it yet. And Dee Dee says, well, what you need to do, Paul, and I may have said this already and I'm probably going to say it again, you need to talk to people and tell your family about your diagnosis. And Paul, once again, and he may have said this before, and I'm sure he'll say it again, I want to wait for the wedding to get over with yet. Paul, um, so uh, until I do, Gemma and Chesney don't want to spoil their special day by making them sad. So It's going to ruin everyone else's few months by bumming them out all the time. Yeah. Trish has gone later, and Paul's just... It's not really helped. I'm, I'm not sure... I mean, what, what did you think about Dee Dee inviting this total stranger around to say... Here's your future, Paul. It's a bit rubbish. I guess that she maybe had the best intentions. I don't believe that she can forcing... be so stupid as to not realise how awful this was. I mean, she was trying to shock him into making the right decision in in so far as to tell Confiding people. with his family, yeah. But, um... It's, it and I also feel really bad for this Trish woman who's been used... Yeah. Um, like, hey, why don't you come and share your miserable story to, to shock my friend into realising that this is actually serious and real? Yeah. Um, I felt really bad. I think her heart was probably in the right place with it, but didn't really think about it. And the thing is, about it, is that you could have given her a bit of a pass here, but it didn't work. Hmm? You could have given her a pass if it worked, but it yeah. didn't, did it? No, no, not really. I mean, all it really did was make him Even more try worried. to blackmail somebody for... £25,000 when he realised how much... Yeah, well, I mean, I I assume before Trish came round, he hadn't even really considered all the financial implications of of having this condition. Honestly, I hadn't either. I I, I I just would assume that you'd be given it from the NHS. No. I'm very aware of this. You know, my best friend's brother had um, a, a, a condition where he died young and, you know, he had to be in a wheelchair and things. So I'm very aware of how much these things cost. Mm. But I also am aware of the fact that certain people are... It's easier to fundraise for, for certain people. I don't think many people are gagging and queuing up to donate money to white working class men to give them, you know, uh, wheelchairs and stuff. Not like the same as children. No. Or, or you know... You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the best yeah. one in the world. I'm not being I'm not saying that nobody they don't deserve it. I'm saying that there are certainly people who are easier who who can find the, the funding mm. slightly more quickly. Yeah. I mean Trish points this out later and says that by the time you get the money, 
he, he, he don't need it anymore. What did Trish do with her husband's wheelchair? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I was thinking when she said, oh, by the time you get it, you don't need it anymore. I'm like, well, so surely somebody else does. Yeah. Maybe Paul get it half price or something. Um, anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I think it's honestly really sad because I think is, you shouldn't have like, to worry you, about you re- this. That, that's the last thing that you should have to worry about. I, I mean, totally... Paul is very lucky that he, he's potentially got I think he'll Stacks be fine. Stacks of church cash. That's what I keep thinking. But, you know, when, when he was talking about, oh, I don't know how long I've got to work, I want to give money to Gemma, and so on, I was thinking, I can totally sympathise, I'd be thinking the same thing. But then when Trish turns up and says, sorry, you're going to need a wheelchair, you're going to need a stair lift, you're going to need this and that and the other thing, I was thinking, bloody hell, I guess you do. Mm. Never even thought about that. I think we said on the podcast before, but I'm sure at some point that flat did have a stair lift in because isn't that where Izzy used to live? Well, they better feel stupid but now. They feel, yeah, but they're kicking themselves, aren't they? For well, look, I wouldn't down. get rid of a stair lift if I had it. It'd be so handy for putting the shopping upstairs. <laughs> um, okay. You can make the cat sit in it and drive her up and oh down. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> so, Trish has gone later. Paul's just more worried. What's it going to do to Billy? How am I going to be able to afford it? Um... And yeah, yeah, he's saying, oh, I just want to say, I want the wedding to get out of the way. Quickly, one thing. Said that already. This feels to me a bit like what, how it felt to me when Sean was homeless. Where it's like, you're making a big deal about this problem that is actually a real problem for lots of people, but you're in such a privileged position that all you have to do is ask and people will help you and this won't be a problem anymore. There are many, many people that live around this country who have got this diagnosis who don't have a boyfriend who's who's an archdeacon, who don't have a support system, who don't have a community of people that you know would would help him. Mm. He's got so much support and he won't even see it. And it feels frustrating because it feels a bit self-inflicted. And I don't want to be thinking that in the back of my mind when I'm... when I'm going through this, this story doesn't need to be complicated by this. I'm too proud to ask for help. But that's definitely trope. part of it because this is what Dee Dee's saying. Yeah, you're, but it's you're not... making this for yourself, and and I think that Dee Dee's role in this is to try and make him see sense. I think I think that Dee Dee has been brilliant. Okay. This this story, Dee has been me, great. Has been the making of Dee Dee. She's she's been in the show since what last August September or so, just kind of in the background a little bit, doing a little bit of lawyering. But this, I, I, when she and Paul had that flat together a few months ago, I was like, that's a bit weird. Why put those two together? They they've got nothing to do with each other. But actually, the the friendship that they've been able to to develop has been brilliant. And she's she has been the voice of reason. And even when um, later on in this Wednesday's episode, she catches him stealing a car, and she's saying, look, <gasps> I what. You you've implicated yourself now. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to phone the police on you. And she's thinking about all the very sensible, practical things. Still being a good friend. I, I I'm I'm really Dee really Dee's loving Dee Dee. Been in this. great in this storyline. Yeah, yeah. She's got the legal know how, using it sensibly. She's not doing. She's not doing anything like. I'm going to do something dodgy and illegal here, going against my you know legal principles. But she's, it's all been balanced just just, just right. I, I think it's fab. So anyway, um, Paul goes back home, finds Summer looking for jobs online. She's like, yeah, I want to contribute to the house now I'm 18. And Paul's like, hang on a minute. Has Billy been telling you about my Monet problems? <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the sofa later, Paul admits to Billy, this is all getting a little bit too much for me. 
Um, with all my, all my cash flow problems and everything, it's Billy's still none the wiser about the severity of his condition, and um, and they just end up having a bit of a soppy hug together. So Wednesday, um, Paul starts the day worrying on his laptop. He's looking at wheelchairs. He's looking at uh, other uh, MND kind of accessories and, and cars and things. Can't remember how much the wheelchair was. I've got two figures in my mind. One of them is £25,000 and one of them is £40,000. I, I think maybe twenty five. it was. An awful lot. Awful, so awful much. Lot. I mean, obviously you don't need that necessarily. Like you could have a cheaper... Like you could have one that just gets wheeled about. Mm. But then you lose your independence. Yeah. I, I'm hoping as well with this... And I don't know what, you know, as his condition deteriorates, will he lose his speech first or his movement or anything I'd really quite like to see a scene between him and Izzy because I think that could be really well, it's a affecting bit like... it's a, yeah when we've just been talking this week because we did a character profile of Maud Grimes and the story with, with Maud and Jim when he was in a wheelchair for a bit and she kind of gave him a bit of a pep talk and a buck your ideas up uh, worst things happen at sea kind of talk and I think that Izzy brilliant to have her back on the programme um, after after Shirley was seemingly you know, really badly hit when during the pandemic, but she's still just kind of there, being a bit silly in the factory, isn't she? And to give her, a, she can do it, as a really kind of, because because it's it'd be Cherylee talking from her personal experience about actually having to live in a wheelchair and what it's like, and and I think that she she could deliver a a brilliant little moment mm-hmm. there with Paul. Um, I think it's really important for everybody also to realise, and Paul's story is going to gonna help this that you can become disabled i don't think people realize that i think i can't remember the statistic but the vast majority of people who have a disability were not born with the disability that they that they have Mm. so just because you're okay now doesn't mean like you you can't think of disabled people as another group of people that doesn't it have anything to do with you doesn't involve you anybody could be disabled you could you know, being a car crash, you could get an illness, you could have a degenerative mm. condition like Paul. So showing Paul going from being an able-bodied person to being disabled, um, I think is really a really important yeah. storyline. But equally, somebody like Izzy can sort of still talk to him about mm. her experiences. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see that. Um, anyway... Um, so he, he's he's looking at wheelchairs and stuff online and he closes it down. He does the classic Cory thing of, I'm not gonna, not going to close the window down. I'm no. just going to close the laptop up because um, surely nobody's going to open it and see what I was looking at. Because apparently think... people on Coronation Street don't have locks on things. He's not got a passcode on his laptop. Daniel seemingly doesn't have a lock on his phone. No. <laughs> what were you saying? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sorry, um, anyway, um, Paul, Paul's feeling really guilty that Summer's going out for a job interview and he feels like, he oh, I pushed you into this. He shouldn't bloody do. Why has she not got a job, lazy cow? Well, she's, you know, she's she's still a student. I had a job at university. A Why can't she? She thinks she is lazy muck. <laughs> um, anyway, um, he, he says, like, I'm proud of you and stuff. So Dee Dee's trying to get Paul once again to tell his... Um, the story of his condition at his hearing because she thinks that this is going to... For, for, for stealing the car last week. She thinks that this is going to make the judge and the jury or whoever it is, I, I don't know, 
um, more lenient on him. But he's like, no, if I say that in court, it's going to get out. It's going to be in the papers. Um, Gemma's going to find out. No way. I'm not going to tell people about this. And this is where you're right he is really making a bit of a rod for his own back here and it also ties into what I was moaning about a month or so ago about him being a bit of a martyr and a do-gooder and everything I'm like come on Paul you gotta think of yourself for a moment nobody's this kind of perfectly he's not he's not what you're mean. He's thinking of Gemma. He needs Michael, to be a bit, can I little tell bit you selfish. That sometimes when something bad happens, you do think of the people that you love, and you and perhaps it's a self-preservation technique to stop him from thinking, "Oh, this is actually happening to me." Quite possibly, but He's not I do want Teresa. to just say, "Go on, Paul. Go on. Just, just." Tell it's him. horrible. You're a horrible person. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't like him. Um, anyway, she says, look, <laughs> he, he talks about this, this the, the cost of the wheelchair and everything. And he's like, yeah. And she says, well, you know what? However much money this you're going to throw at this, it's not going to fix your condition. Money is not the answer. You need to tell your family and your friends. Oh, uh, he then tries horrible. to phone um, Niall, I think it is, but he has the phone put down on him. Um, but Niall phones him back later and he wants to meet up with him because he's got another car for him to steal. And uh, Paul's like, yeah, absolutely. I won't let you I down. I stealing cars. Um, I don't Easy. Uh, Billy catches Paul on his way out and says, look, do you want to go to town this afternoon? And Paul has to lie and say, oh, no, I'm going to the pictures with Dee Dee. And Billy's, Billy has a bit of a disappointed look when he goes out. But he, like us, is very pleased with the friendship that Paul and Dee Dee are developing. Um, so... Sadly for Paul, he gets rumbled a little bit when Billy sees Dee Dee in the street, you know, just one of these coincidental bumping into each other's. And Billy says, oh, so you're, you're off, off, off to the pictures or something later. And Dee Dee has to think quite quick on her feet and realise that, hang on a minute, Paul's up to something if he's told Billy we're going to see a film today. So she plays along with it quite well. I mean, luckily, as somebody, as a lawyer, she needs to be quite good at that sort of thing, I guess. Um, and she goes to see Paul and says, look, I'm, I'm sorry that I was a bit harsh on you earlier. And he says, that it's fine. Um, but anyway, I need to go because he's got a little tracking app on his phone and he sees where Niall is. He's at the Freshco car park and he, so he kind of makes his excuses and leave. Cut to the um, Freshco car park and Paul gets into this swish car, switches on the engine. But who's there to stop him? It's only Dee Dee. She's been tracking him down herself. And she's like, what? the heck are you doing? Stealing another car again? No way. I can't represent you if you go ahead with this. Think about that. I, I'm not going to uh, implicate myself in this. And Paul's like, oh, but I'm so badly in debt. I've got no choice. And he's like, please just, you know, look away. Pretend you've not seen this. I need to do this because I am so massively in debt and she's like no way in fact i'm going to call the police if you drive off because i'll be an accessory otherwise and he speeds off and i thought that was quite an exciting little cliffhanger that was like a midway through the episode cliffhanger, yeah, it was. wasn't it him stealing the car so i was somewhat disappointed when straight after the break <laughs> he just drives back face full of tears and like no i can't do it he's like i i've, I've just remembered dd this is really embarrassing but i did come to fresh go for their amazing <laughs> offer of pins <laughs> Now, I thought, um, I, I think that for me this week, that was possibly the most 
exciting part of the week. Like, oh, oh he's done it again, and now Dee can't represent him. I mean, technically, Still she counts. has seen him kind of do it a bit of a crime. something and then put it back and go, it didn't count, didn't he's, count. He wasted a couple of peas worth of petrol on that, didn't he? he? On his little jaunt around the car. By the dashboard. Yeah, leave it under the, uh, under the wind, windscreen. Well, it, I think the idea of this was it was supposed to be an insurance scam, so I think... The owner of the car knew this was going to happen. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. That's right. You're absolutely right. So they're like, don't mind, do what you like. (laughs) So they're back at the flat later and he says, oh, I'm sorry for being such a drama queen, but seriously, the wheelchair, the stair lift, all of this, it's just so expensive. I don't know how on earth I'm going to afford this. This is terrifying. Then he starts talking about, you know, part of that, what about my bucket list? What if there's things that I want to do? Um, before well, before the, my condition did, um, gets gets worse, how how horrible. am I going to afford that? Should I just give up on that? Should I? And she's like, look, well, Paul, look, there, there's grants and everything for you. You're not going to basically trying to help him see he's not going to want for anything. People will be around him. He'll have his friends, his family again. You will get what you need, and we will look after you. Um, which Take is, out a load of credit cards. Yeah. And, and then, then don't pay them back when you die. Just don't tell them about the condition when you're, when you're filling in the form. Then they get back to the subject of car stealing you, again. Do you think when you apply for a credit card, they're like, hang on a minute. Question number one, are you a Coronation Street character? Question number two, do you know Stephen Reed and does he like you? Yeah, number yeah. three, have you been diagnosed with a terminal illness? Well, that's pretty much... And if much... you answer yes, then they don't give you a credit card. Yeah, that could be a good, good I think chunk probably, of the population. They probably should start. Mm. asking you that um, anyway so so she's like you, mean, you need to dob people in you need to make sure people know that this you know isn't you acting on a whim stealing this car who put you in touch with Niall and mm, he lies yeah, and says who? it's someone from the dog and gun uh, somebody dangerous that I can't oh. really risk dobbing in because they will come and beat me to a pulp possibly and True. she's like I can't you what you've got yourself all in, in some sign of kind of organised crime syndicate. You, you can tell she's got a yourself new caught up with a Weatherfield mafia. If she's if she'd been in the show for more than five years, she'd be like, makes sense to me. <laughs> but because she's new, she's like, what the hell? You've made this bad situation worse. This doesn't make any sense. She says, you need to make a plea deal. You need to stand up for yourself. You need to drop these people in it because after all, Niall would drop you in it if yeah. he had the chance. Remember, True. so. Paul goes out, bumps into Damon, of course, and he's like, oh, no, he doesn't, no. He goes to the bistro, doesn't he? And this is where Paul does his hard man act, and it's like, bless him. <laughs> he has done it before. Do you remember when um, evil rapey um, Josh Hell. was in oh. was in um, prison? And he was, um, what, what was the story? He'd, he'd said that David, um, David had beating him up or something and and Paul was the one that went in there and was like I know I know the prison guards from when I was in this prison and I'm gonna get them I'm gonna set them on you and and it worked and Josh changed changed his story so we we have seen that Paul is apparently capable of threatening people quite intimidatingly but I think just such a such a bit of a teddy bear isn't it? it it doesn't doesn't Once quite you've work from me. Seen a man in a unicorn onesie that you suddenly exactly, are exactly. intimidated by his threatening. That's that's behavior. exactly it. Um, so he, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dob you into the police for being a dodgy geezer unless you give me unless you give me twenty five large. Oi! And Damon's like, you're embarrassing yourself, mate. And Paul like, says, well, 
I have got nothing to lose. I'm dangerous. I, I, I've, dangerous. Got a couple, I've got a couple of years to live. I can do whatever I like. And Damon tells him to do one because he's also wellard. And oh, Paul no. says, you got till tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> he's, no, neither of these two. Oh, Damon's I'm sorry, a little they, bit they're not, they don't tougher. convince me as hard men at all. I really don't know what it is, but both of them, I just feel like... I think Damon boys, does a bit. Boys, stop bickering. We're going to have uh, chocolate digesters and watch them Downton Abbey. Yeah. You love that, don't you? Come on, lads. Try them chocolate side down. It's a revelation. <laughs> so Paul gets home later. Summer's got the job. What was it? Some service thing? She's going to be working at events or something? Granny. Granny. Yes. I've got the job. Thank you. <laughs> that's what she that's what she rang up Granny Spellman to say, isn't it? Yeah. And she's like Granny Spellman's like, Who is this? Why I do hope you it's not some me? kind of gay job. <laughs> <laughs> Granny Spellman she might be dead for all as far as I'm concerned. Granny Spellman might be dead. Mm. Anyway. That would be handy. This could solve the whole problem. Imagine it if could. Granny Spellman dies and leaves Summer a conveniently oh, large amount of, of money. She lived in that really nice um house and she had a conservatory yeah. and I'm pretty sure she had a cabinet of china didn't, so she must be rich but didn't Summer get a load of money herself when um, when she turned 18 last year that she's Drew had left she's such a devious her. cow isn't she keeping she all that money job. what's she want what's she need it for <laughs> to buy more dungarees <laughs> we, we said um, what what sort of job could Summer have got and, and my best suggestion was like a, a floor tester and she she just falls all over it and it's to te- test the, she the sturdiness in, of a floor how, how much bounce has it got no she works in a mattress shop Oh yeah, maybe. Like, check this out. <laughs> the dump. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Wow, look at this! This assist shop assistant was trying to sell us a mattress, and he just fell asleep right in the middle of the. That must be so comfortable. We should get this one. <laughs> it's a temper mattress. I think they could have a story where it's her and Amy as like rival shop assistants at the mattress store, and they're just there swooning all over each one. Like, oh yeah, well look at this. Oh yeah, well I each had a load more of milk. Elaborate than the oh last. dear, actually no, that doesn't do that. I need the toilet now. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, everyone's everyone's basically happy for summer at the end of the episode. Even Paul, he gives a lovely grin. Um, but there is another confrontation between oh, no. him and Damon towards the end of the episode, and um, and Damon's like. I'm not still not intimidated by you, and he proves that by phoning up. I'm gonna say Nile, but I can't remember what Nile looks like or how much he's involved with it. But um, he says, right, this Paul, he needs shutting down. Oi, hey, is that the extenders lot? Can you come up here and do roughing up for me, please? Can you send that? Can you send that that um, Danny Dyer up? Hey, it's me, Danny Dyer. I went in this ocean and never come back out again, innit? I could be anywhere, right? <laughs> I'd probably washed up in Weatherfield with amnesia. Wouldn't that be a bloody oh great gosh, twist? Oh my gosh, no. That would be so good. I'd love that. Danny Dyer washing up on Weatherfield Canal. Hey, who the hell do you think you are? Oh, it's me, Danny Dyer, but I've got a northern accent. <laughs> I love Eccles cakes. Anyway. Anyway, that's what I have. Um, Friday's episode today, Dee Dee finds Paul in the cafe, he's been ignoring her messages and she says, look, I know you didn't like speaking to Trish the other day, but I'm going to talk to her again because I'm really going to push her on to you. We're going to talk about Grants again. He's like, what, what is the point? Nothing's going to help me. I, no, I, I, I'm trying to buy my, my sister a wedding dress. Yes. Is Trish a dress designer? No. He wants a little bit of normality in his life and he, he, he accompanies... Gemma and Bernie to the wedding dress shop today. Um, 
there's a, he's all they're almost rumbled aren't they because billy comes into the cafe later where dd is having her meeting she was a like, very loud conversation loud conversation about mnd and and dd's like oh it's my fault really i shouldn't i shouldn't have organized the meeting well, here in the cafe yes well, billy's standing there literally wringing his hands and like putting his hand up like oh 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 i know someone who's got mnd oh please can can you help me because he's gonna die soon yeah the, 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 yeah, I'm trying they to find a support to, group to get him. rid of him, don't they? I, I am, I am really, really, really mega fed up of the cafe set. I think Are they you? just need to give it a break. Wow, it's it's become the new Weatherfield Hospital. I mean, the problem with Weatherfield Hospital is that there's only so many storylines you can do there. It means somebody else has got some horrible diagnosis. I don't mind at all. It means I'm just you get to see Shona. I, I like. I mean, yes, that's true. Sometimes Nina, sometimes Roy. I just feel like they show the cafe far, far, far too much and people are always having their breakfast in there. It's, okay. Well, there's it made... so many different sets. Yeah, all right. Made me laugh when Dee Dee was trying to hastily explain why on earth she decided to have a meeting with this woman in public. And she was like, oh, well, Adam had a... Adam's got meetings. Adam, it's like... You don't need to explain. The writers just wanted you to be somewhere that Billy would come and overhear you. Yeah, we know, we know, Dee Dee. But anyway, yeah, Billy's like super interested in this conversation because he knows somebody who's a professional who's got MND and he wants to set them up with a support group. Little does he know. Yes, there is a little bit of MND well, is, close to Do you not home. think that this is going to be? This is going to make it even harder for Billy to hear this news because he knows better than Paul probably did when he was told he had MND, what that actually means. Mm. Billy would have watched this man, if it's the same person he was talking about on Monday, Yeah, he would have watched this man deteriorate to, to, to be on death's door mm. now. And and now he knows that that's what he's going to see Paul doing. I can't imagine it's a little bit like this. I don't want to see this. It's a little bit like how Dan Brocklebank, it was his granddad, I think, had MND, oh. and now he's got to be in a storyline. Which, you know, he, he seems very much up for it. But, um, yeah, it's going to be bringing back some memories. And, and you're right, that he's, he's going to be thinking... I know, that it's... This is going to be pulled soon. When you hear a story like this about an actor and how much a storyline is personally affecting, like, you know, how, how much their personal life is being reflected in this story, when you see them, you know, react emotionally, it makes it so much more mm. difficult to watch. Yeah. Um, Paul goes into the bistro later, has another bit of a go of threatening Damon again. Still not really intimidated. <laughs> I'm going to do that. a sun war with you. <laughs> Paul Paul walks off, and then Damon speaks I, on the phone. I think to, Damon would win. I think depending so. Depending on which hand it was. He speaks. He speaks on the phone to Niall, saying that Paul's not going to give you any trouble or anything. Just just make it count. Well, so. he's like, yeah, he's arranging a beating. Yes. For Paul. Yes. Um, not a beating and thumb war. Um, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't think about it. It's used in his other hand. It's fine. They're in the wedding dress shop later. Hooray! I kind of thought they, there was a lot. Was this a real wedding dress shop? It felt a bit setty in terms of the lighting, didn't it? You can usually tell if it's in a real sh- shop, like in classic Corey at the moment. We're seeing um, Lucy's florists, and just the way that it's all lit, it is clearly an actual place. But they had an awful lot of wedding dresses there. Did Corrie just hire a load of wedding dresses? Or are these all wedding dresses that they've got from previous Corrie weddings? I don't know. They only hired the left-hand side of a bunch of wedding dresses. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're, they're there, and uh, and Gemma comes out of the changing rooms with this oh, hang absolutely on. hideous dress. They, I did pause it and have a closer look to see how much these dresses cost, because earlier on, Dee Dee said that her friend paid eight, eight grand for a wedding dress. Now, mm. if that was American dollars, it would have been not as much, but um, the one that I saw was £799. So mm. they're very pricey. But she ends up with um with a dress that looks a bit like Queen Victoria's dresses in that it's got these kind of flouncy bits on the shoulders. It had it? very weird shoulders. And then it has this big floofy bit coming out with like a bow around the, the wide part of the skirt. She wanted something big. She wanted, you know, one of these big fat Greek wedding statements. And the statement was, I have no fashion I have no taste. Mm. But Gemma, of course, loves it. And this is the dress that she wants. But oh no, it's far too expensive. So then Bernie does this little scam where she pretends that she needs the loo. Um, So the assistant can take her out and then Paul can start snapping away photos of Gemma, which they'd been previously told you're not allowed to do because we don't want other people seeing our designs and running them up themselves, which is exactly what Gemma wants the factory lot to do. So she's there posing for photos. Paul very, very close to her. I would have thought, you know, you're not, you need to stand back a bit to get the full view. But He's also got his phone on timer mode. What did he? Yes. Oh, that's a rookie mistake there. Um, anyway, so good job. They're, they're caught out, good job, thrown Niles. out. Niles' um, great big criminal mastermind plan wasn't for Paul to steal the design of a wedding dress. <laughs> well, he did it in the end, didn't he? He was very sneaky. He tell, no, the woman's like, you they gotta... catch them. Yeah, they catch them. The woman says, right, I want to see you delete these photos. Paul shows her, him to, her himself deleting them. But later in the episode, we find out that they're still in his recently deleted folder. And when and that's what I said, wasn't it, when he was watching. I was like, yeah. don't worry, they're in his recently deleted. They won't remember that, though. And they did. So well done, Coronation Street. Um, so they, they, they head back. Um, I've lost where we are now. Well, he gets a phone call from Damon mm. and he runs off to take the call. And, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. And he meets up with Damon in the precinct and says, give me the money. Yeah. I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to die any minute. I just realised that I've written their court, but spelled it C-O-U-R-T. That's flipping terrible. I think you're me. drunk. I Stop it. I don't... Do you think somebody gave you some kind of I drugs? I am a boring teetotaler. I know that's you are. You that's know. why I'm surprised. Um... So anyway, at the precinct... Is that what sort of drunk I am? I wouldn't be a, couldn't be a tired drunk, I couldn't be a boring drunk, I wouldn't be a Larry drunk, I just can't spell that accurately. Yeah, so so they go to the precinct. Yes, they go to the precinct and, and well, just Damon, da- Damon and... has a bit of a change of heart because Paul's still saying, give me the money. Damon says, no, I ain't got the money. Paul's like, no, go on, rrr, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dob you into the police station. And Damon just pushes him into the dodgy alley there, roughs him up a little bit. And Paul's like, no, no, don't hurt me. Don't well, hang on. Paul, Paul really lays it on the line here, doesn't he? He tugs at Damon's heartstrings. He does a he bit. Says, He's like... You're the only person who even knows. Yeah. You know, screw you, Dee Dee. Um, <laughs> I... I can only really tell you how I'm feeling here. I've got, I've got two years to live. Yeah, he uses it as a bit of a, a say, event, doesn't he? And so da- Damon lets him go. He says... Mm. He's got a little art in there, hasn't Well, because Damon said to him, oh, they're going to beat you to a pulp. And, and um, Paul was doing the whole switch from the Matrix. Not like this. <laughs> Not well, like this. Well, if Paul gets beaten up, the way he is now, then there's a possibility that he's not going to... could Yeah, could make it worse, or he won't recover recover if he's really put out of action. 
by the time he would normally have healed, oh, he's actually deteriorated. So this could be the end now for him. Probably and a good idea to stop the whole criminal stuff then, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, yes, exactly. He's making the rug for his own back a little bit by, yeah. by being a little bit dodgy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, Paul heads back off and then and then the heavies no, arrive. Hang on, Damon lets him go. Oh, he says, you said. run off. I said that. Damon lets him go right. and then the heavies arrive and they're not particularly happy that Paul is out Missing. there on the loose um, and and he's been let off the hook. So, because he could, he could still dob them in about being a criminal Weatherfield Mafia. So, um, but so they're saying like Paul, where does it? Where does he live, Damon? You got to tell us his address. Um, and later on, we see that Damon has got a black eye, so he's taken a beating himself for Paul. Good Aww. for him, nice guy. Wow, I really hope that that decent man, Damon, gets a good woman. Do you know what they call it when they punch him in the face? Hitting the hay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so anyway. Um, that Paul sees him with his black eye and, and and he's very grateful and everything. Bernie and Damon says, "Don't blackmail anybody anymore. Don't do any. Stupid. Don't do any more blackmailing." That was good for a week's worth of storylines, but stop now. Bernie and Gemma are there in the Rovers later, looking at wedding dress pictures. They're trying to find something else, but there's just nothing quite tacky and hideous enough to really spark Gemma's interest. I feel Gemma doesn't appreciate how lucky she is that she found the wedding dress she wanted to wear on her first. Outing. Yeah, that that's very true. Normally happen. No, no. Um, anyway, luckily for her, Paul comes in and shows her. Look at this, my recently deleted folder. I have got those photos still. So Safe bizarre. Day. Now the factory girls can run up a knockoff dress for Gemma, which I I I actually quite like. The fact that she's got a knockoff dress. That's that's. I hadn't even considered anything like that, but that's very fitting for the can character. Can I just point out that? Um, We've had years, decades of the un- of Underworld struggling or whatever factory, fabric factory, clothing factory has been on that site. Mm. Decades struggling, hand to mouth, rush this order out, do this, do that. We, you know, we need Michael's genius to come up with a great idea for nipper snappers for this new product line because knickers aren't cutting it. Yet, for, also for decades, we've had the factory girls making wedding dresses in their spare time. They have, haven't they? That was a, that Why was a Hayley Cropper thing. Why don't they just make bloody wedding dresses and charge £800 for them and not be destitute and always... Yeah, you need to tell Stephen that idea. That's a better idea than Is it literally not already. just the most brilliant idea ever? Just make wedding dresses that you've been making this whole time. <laughs> um, right, at the end of the episode, Paul goes to see Dee Dee again because she saw him speaking to Damon earlier yeah. on in the episode and he tells her everything and he can't believe that Damon took a beating for me. Maybe he's a nice guy after all. And Dee Dee's like, you bloody, Dee Dee. you bloody idiot. You've been still involved with Damon. What are you doing? Give him a tap If you're not going to go and grass him and Niall up, the best thing that you can do, to be honest, is plead guilty and hope you get a suspended sentence because you are just digging yourself a massive hole already, you bloody plonker. And Paul's like, oh no, Dee Dee, you've got to help me. But Paul was winding me up because he keeps going... Dee Dee, Dee Dee, help me, help me. And Dee Dee goes, okay, here's an idea for how to get out of it. And he goes, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't. And then she says, all right, I've thought about it a bit more. And here's another idea. And he goes, no, no. But think help, about Gemma and Chesney. Help me a different way. No, I've done, I've given you two ideas 
First of all, tell everybody about your diagnosis and they might go easy on you. No, not doing it. Secondly, tell everybody who it was that put you up to the thieving and maybe they'll go easy on you. No, I'm not doing it. Sorry, Paul, you're on your own now. If I was Dee Dee, I'd just kick him down the stairs. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't remember when this wedding is happening, literally. It could I be next week I cannot wait for, for this wedding to be over. And I'm literally, I'm sorry, but I've never had a wedding that I've been more not looking forward to than this. Yeah, so you're not looking forward to it? Are you? No. I'm kind of... Semi interested to see just so... how tacky it can be because uh, no. one of the wor- one of the best most memorable weddings on Coronation Street, let's not forget, was Scylla and Les's awful two thousand and six was it um, Halloween wedding where they get status quo there and it's just the tackiest thing ever and they have to get a fake vicar to marry them and that that was that was a total chav wedding to the extreme wasn't it and they. I don't think they're going to go quite that far with Gemma, but I, I think I just that, think it's going to be uh, miserable because we know that Paul's got this horrible secret. I, I'm expecting it to come out at the wedding. You reckon? Um, I also am not into watching four annoying children running around throwing petals or whatever it is that they're going to be involved in doing. I don't, I don't want to see Gemma just but taking a massive bite out of the wedding cake. No. She's going to probably try and fit the whole of the top tier in her mouth, isn't she, at once? I'm just not not interested. I don't care and I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I'm kind of looking if you're talking about tacky weddings, nobody can beat Alice Tinker's wedding in the Vicar of Dibley. Oh, yeah, that was good. That it's, was that's good. the benchmark upon which all tacky mm-hmm. weddings will be judged and it won't come anywhere close. It's interesting how little we've seen of Chesney in all of this. That's Even Je- just... The groom and they don't really count. Even Gemma, to be honest, hasn't been a huge player in it, but Chesney has been really sidelined throughout yep. the whole of Good. this. It's in the similar. It was a bit like how um, in the in the uh, Carla storyline today, she was talking about me and Peter going off somewhere, and Peter managed to get through the whole episode with the help featuring at all. Show if don't tell, could, Curry. If only we could do that in our real lives. Mm. Um, any well, we've seemingly been chatting about this one as I think as we we've go. done enough. Do you think? About. Do you think that Damon has changed? Are they trying to rehabilitate this character? Because I I am got no interest in him staying as a long term character. I'm I'd really rather confused he's here. Still Is he going to be like a Gary character where he's got up to some really bad things, but we're supposed to forgive him because he's a cheeky chappy and he's got nice hair? He's that he's still doing a lot that is trying to make out that he is a villain though he's sitting in his swivelly chair in a darkened bistro and you've got to try harder than that to be a villain on Coronation Street it, he, he did a, say today look guy. I just want to make sense he's, make the bistro do well but he's, he's Gary 2.0 he, he's a villain for the right reasons now mm. I, I'm just really confused because I think he just I feels to me like a... he's the sort of person that can't quite stay away from the dodginess. No, I know, but he felt he felt to me like a filler character who was going to be in it for a few months and go, yeah. or like for a year or something. But buddy, buddy Sarah, an anachronistic failure around her. Well, you she... know she's going to end up in bed with him again. She can't leave him alone. I know. So let, let's move on to that. Let's let's nicely segue in into the, the Damon and Sarah story. And the... on Monday, Adam's got to work Wedding on the bank holiday. I can't believe it. And Sarah's not happy about it because um, he wants to go to the bistro for his lunch, and she's like, "Oh, that's dull." So Adam, Maria, and Damon meet in the cafe because they've got this opening hours late license meeting to do. 
and um, Todd Todd comes in and he thinks it's a great idea because he's talking about oh yeah you want to have a drink like do you really want a bar at the end of your road no I'm I not don't sure. Um, Damon winks at Sarah from across the street and then she's like a moth to the flame she's like comes over she's like eh, just checking just want to check but do you feel thinking you're right or are you just winking and he's like actually I really fancy you and she's like oh you fancy me do you well I don't fancy you you're just too sexy I mean horrible I don't like you at all you're a skanky cow and he's like oh but I love you and I want to squeeze your boobs again and she says oh no you can't do that I'm married she is honestly what she's a- just staring at him like she might as well have her hair like twisting around her finger in a ringlet going "Eh, Damon so so do you remember when we shagged each other oh imagine if we did that again what would you do to me oh don't say that that's disgusting I'm a married woman I've got to go but anyway write it down and text it to me (laughs) do you know what I mean I totally know what you mean she's just such an outrageous flirt which to be fair you know, Adam's been a crap husband for the whole entire time they've been married, so I don't blame her particularly. He's not been that bad. He works he on was, a bank holiday. He was wrongly accused of stalk of um of stalking no, no, having an affair with Lydia last year, wasn't he? And he's been working very hard on his own for he's the boring. period. I'm not gonna deny that. But he's trying to provide for the family. Boundary disputes. And, yeah, no boring. That. He's having to do he's having to do some very, very hard and boring work to, to provide for Sarah Louise and Harry. Well, Sarah's got her own business to deal with, thanks very much. So mm. anyway, Damon and Sarah are like, business. we're not going to go near each other again. Agreed? Yeah, agreed. Because I just, every time I see you, I want to pull your pants down and make love to you. Well, we can't have that, can we? <laughs> no. See you later, baby. Bye, sexy. Oh, sorry. I mean, you horrible man. And then she <laughs> walks off. Um, so Jenny hears about this potential late licensing and, she, and she's not... She's not happy about it because obviously, you know, maybe people will go there and stay there all night. So yeah. Of going to the pub. Shona thinks it's a good idea, but then she thinks more about it and realises there might be late, loud music and drunk people being sick in the front garden that aren't David. <laughs> so, they, so they decide to object to this. So Sarah heads home and um, Adam tells her that Damon, Nick and Leanne are making a good team and she, she sort of gets her nose put out of joint. So on, so on Wednesday, Sarah presents Adam with a fancy piece of jewellery. I thought she got him a watch. I couldn't tell what it was. I saw it was kind of chainy and I didn't want to write that. Why would you buy a fancy piece of jewellery? Well, no, it might have been a bracelet. It might have been a chunky man bracelet. That I... says, like, bums or, like, I like women or, like, beer on it. Something cool like a man would like or, like, cars. Yeah. Um, or, like, football. Like I the new... Right, okay. Um, so she says, we can do whatever we, you want to do tonight, eh? eh? And then out comes Harry. He's like, hello, everyone, I'm a child. And gives him a card. Homemade card. Yeah. Beautiful, sort of. Always wanted, thank you. In the bistro, Adam tells Nick that a group of locals are going to protest the late licence, but... But Sarah's like, don't talk about that now. It's his birthday. It's his special day. It's his birthday boy. And Damon comes in while Adam and Sarah are eating what looked like the most horrible soup I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was like literally like a pile of vegetable puree with a, with a bit of bread stuck in the top of it. It's oat cuisine, Gemma. You wouldn't understand. Oat cuisine. It looked like it probably was made of porridge. <laughs> so Damon comes in and buys them champagne. 
and um, Adam's like, come and join us. And Sarah's like, oh God, not this, this is awkward. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sit next to me, Damon. They're probably playing footsie under the table, weren't they? She's like, oh, oh, Damon's sitting next to me. I'm suddenly really warm. Oh, I'm going to take my, my jacket off so our arms can touch each other on the skin. Anyway, Nick overhears Maria telling Sarah that she wasn't the only one to complain about the late licence and everyone, including Damon, has a go at her for trying to sabotage her husband's work. Yeah, don't... Sarah just gets dropped in at there, doesn't she? Sarah... By Ma- Miss Maria, she comes in and says, So, yeah. Sarah Louise... Sarah, you remember you said that you didn't want them to open late? Why are you saying this in here, Maria? Yeah. Can I remind you that the council elections are on Thursday and I've got a vote. <laughs> I can use it. I can vote wherever I want. Yeah, you'd have thought that she'd learn to be a bit more subtle about things like that in a in a council job, but clearly not. <sighs> no. So, <laughs> so uh, Sarah's like, sorry. From my point of view, I'm not the only one that complained. And Adam, and Adam, what? I'm just thinking. You know, we assume that Maria then has been re-elected after a successful first year as a councillor. Why wouldn't you invite her in? Look at all the things she's achieved. Well, how many planets has she saved in the past year? I'm going to say somewhere between zero and one. Close to zero. I mean, it's not zero, is it? We don't know. We can't really be sure. (laughs) That's a good thing about environmentalism, isn't it? (laughs) You can't really be sure if you've done anything. (laughs) Just got to hope for the best. So, um... So, Adam and Sarah sit in the booth and it's a bit tense and they start bickering about Damon... Uh, and she says, why don't we go bowling? Oh, my God. I'd rather get beaten up by the heavies. Go <laughs> yeah, you're not bowling. A fan of it, hate you? it. Um, she just wants to go back to the office. And he wants to go back to the office and get some work done. Because he is the most boring man in the world. Well, no, he's annoyed. Because he's just found that his wife has been conspiring against his, his work. I know he said today... Um, Look, I don't care one way or the other whether they get get it. I I just need to have a client that can pay me. But yeah, I'd be also a bit put out if I found out what she'd been doing. Well, she's not even know the worst of it. Is the equivalent of this me like getting a job at Ofsted? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ofsted. Lovely. So, um, yeah, so... Nick... And Adam have a chat and he says, you need to go on the charm offensive with the neighbours here to try and get them on your side because if they object, you're not going to be able to do it. So, also, I bet I bet you the thing is, if I was Adam, I'd say, I'd keep my head down if I was you because if they find out that you've got a bar here in the middle of a residential area, they might say you shouldn't even be here in the first place and kick you out. <laughs> wow, you don't even... Why is there a bar? Why is there a restaurant at the end of your, of your road? It's a bit not? weird, isn't it? Anyway, um, Damon catches... the some road. Yeah, but normally it's got other shops and things. It's got a corner shop. Damon catches Sarah in the street and she's like, leave me alone, you sexy beast. <laughs> and he says, no, I want to turn the beaster around. And um, and uh, uh, we, we don't need to mention our hot lovemaking session unless you can't help yourself. And Sarah's like, oh, you're so full of yourself. But I do like a confident man. But not you, though. You're horrible. And she... Leaves him alone. I think you're it? overdoing it slightly. They're both like going. The feeling was definitely still there. Oh, we can't, but I want to, but we mustn't, but we should. No, not again. Leave me. 
and, and so on. Etc. On Friday, Adam apologises to Sarah. To Sa- no, Sarah, Sarah apologises to Adam, Adam about yesterday, and they g- give each other a hug. And Adam yeah, says, "They're cool with each other." I need as many clients as I can at the moment. And can we also just mention that earlier in the week, Adam was trying to make fajitas wearing a three-piece suit. Was he? I missed that. What is wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like, I need all the need the work and. Uh, you need to apologise to Damon as well because you're screwing up. He's like my boss and you're screwing up his business plans. And she's like, I know how to say sorry to Damon. Oh, Damon, screwing. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. What do you mean? Oh. <laughs> Sarah goes to the bistro and walks straight into an argument with with, with Nick. And she yeah. tells him... How long is it going to be until she finds out she's pregnant? When was the... When was the double bonking? Is it about three weeks ago? (laughs) Double bonking. How long does it take for ladies to find out they're pregnant? Michael. I don't know these things. Month? Two months? When you missed your period, I guess. I guess so. Oh, yeah, so maybe sometime soon. You're a lady. That you talk about these things when you go to the toilets together. All these secret (laughs) children I've been stashing in the basement. So, um. Yeah, so, so they, I, I really like this argument, actually, between Nick and Sarah, because they were being really petty. They were being great sibling Yeah, of. proper good sibling like arguments, like the kind we used to get between David and, and Sarah, and also, even though they're not related, a bit like David and Maria when they both worked in the salon together. I miss that kind of, like, silly sibling yeah, type fun. arguments. So she says, you're wasting your money on a licence, you're never going to get it, you're just going to annoy everybody. So Nick uh, and she's is, is this when she talks about um, Gail not wanting it as well? Yeah. At some point she some she, point she tries to make out that their mum is doesn't not want be it. Wanting this. So Nick decides to organise a meeting in the in he goes to the pub and they're all there reminiscing about the war. I mean the coronation. And <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, "Come to um, the bistro later to talk about the license thing. I'll promise you, I will assuage all your fears." And um, Rita says, "Will there be wine?" And he says, "Yes." Sign me up, says Rita. <laughs> it was basically a grabber granny, wasn't it? It's like, where's the load of people that have got nothing better to do the in the middle of, of the day? Who who can make trouble for me because they've got nothing else mm. on? <clears throat> so uh, they gather they gather in the the bistro. Um, and Nick and Leanne are trying to talk to them about it, but everyone's like, where's Damon? Where's Damon? If he wants a late license, where that, is he? I didn't why really did get they care? why they wanted Damon so This didn't much. make any sense. This was just silly. I, I thought this was silly because they don't know Damon from Adam and and why would they... So that's going to be Sarah's excuse when she gets caught I'm out. Sorry, <laughs> I, I thought, I I thought, thought he was you was Adam. <laughs> so, um, that... So Nick and Leanne are getting really flustered. I mean, doesn't sound like them. Very out of character. <laughs> so he finally arrives with his black eye saying, oh, I had some tow rag tried to steal money off me. And Brian, Brian's like, nobody believes you. And everyone thinks that he looks dodgy. And I don't think they get anywhere with trying to convince people that this late licence is a good idea. No, not particularly. I'm, oh God, I mean, this so, honestly, this this is the sort of thing that is just kind of tedious and stupid. Really but at is. the same time, this would have been high drama in the 60s. And we would be watching it going, oh, they should have this on Coronation Street now. Imagine oh, how- that Ina Sharple, she's going to march up that town hall and, and put her, the, say her two pennies worth. Can you, not, can you imagine it like being a massive, like, you know, week long 
drama in in 1965 about whether they're going to get a late license. That's the thing. It maybe would be a week long. Two episodes and it'd be done. Yeah, that is and true. And it's just kind of dragging out. And it's, it's not been going on for two... How long has it been going? Two, three weeks, this story? But I'm just not feeling any kind of excitement or anything related to this. Are they going to get it? Are they not going to get it? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't care. What difference is care. it going to particularly make? Um, but I, I, I did like their chat about whether it's a more banging tune to sing God Save the King or God Save the Queen and which makes oh, yes. more sense. Which one sounds nicest, ing or in? Um, there was also um, there was a bit of a shout out to the Graffiti Club again, wasn't there, with Ken remembering that. Um, it was very, very boring. Um, it wasn't really boring. It, it had Damon who felt not... Irrelevant. It, it felt fillerish, but without being filler, because it's clearly part of the big. Damon's the big a, a big bad this year. He's not like, a big bad though. Big, big a bit naughty. Right. I don't on. know. I, I want to move. I literally, I, I couldn't care less about whether there's going to be um, a boundary dispute. I, not I a boundary think... dispute. Of Nate Lowe's. I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. I think. I think the thing about it is with Damon and Sarah and Adam. As far as, you know, although I think Sarah's been a dozy cow, I also don't like Adam and Sarah together, and the idea of her running off with Damon is kind of funny. We said it, I said at the time, when they had that scene in the hotel, there clearly was lots of electric chemistry and everything between There's the two of them. There's way more chemistry between Damon and Sarah. They've got more sexual chemistry together in one scene where they're telling each other to bog off than Adam and Sarah had on their wedding day. Yeah, I just, I, I've really struggled to buy Sarah Louise in a relationship with anyone. Like, lot, she, lots of people were real fans of her and Gary, and I didn't see it. Her and Adam, no, not really. I, d- I don't know whether she's ever had a boyfriend where I've thought, oh, that they could make a really good couple together. And I, I don't know what I want, because I do, I do genuinely really like Sarah Louise as a character a lot of the time, and I think that Tina is 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 a fab actress. But there's just something I, I don't, I don't know what I want from a no, from a partner. But, but it, it's also... not either of these kind of characters. She definitely is attracted to the dodgy guy. <laughs> yeah. um, I maybe wanna... I want her to have somebody that's a little bit more vanilla. I want to make it very clear also that I am still I still think that everybody's acting within character. Oh yeah, I, I agree. and I think that they're you know, I'm enjoying being wound up by Sarah and Damon just being outrageous flirts, mm. and I kind of like it now. It's, it's mm. I like it. I think it's great. Okay, well, good, good for you. Um, right, let's do the Amy storyline. So Amy and Aaron and everything. So that was Monday and Wednesday, um, and and Amy has her little uh, her, her drama on the bus on Monday episode, oh, doesn't yeah. she? Because um, she tells Steve and Tracy she's going out to town with a mate later and, and they're just pleased that she's kind of getting out a little bit. But they, they're somewhat overprotective of her as well. So she goes on the bus and she has an over-edited panic attack, doesn't she? There's, there's a bit of old shaky screen. There's a little bit of the sound effect. And if you watch the scene back, you'll notice that they drive past the same bus shelter at least three, maybe four times over the space of 10 seconds. Um, and she's like, I'm not having any of this. I'm getting off. So she's clearly still, you know, it's it's demonstrating that she is still um, being affected affected by the in the aftermath of the rape, and she's she's worried that people are looking at her, and she's worried that 
you know, she's, she's feeling very vulnerable. Struggling, yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have a return of Aaron's dad this week. He comes to find his lad in the cafe and says, oh, your nan's died. Sorry about that. And also, Abby, thanks for looking after him. Um, I'll tell you what would be quite handy now is if he, she, he gave Summer back that 10 grand. Mm. We find out... Do you not think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, she could use it, couldn't she, for Paul? Yeah. Um, we find out that... Um, Here's a question. Sorry to interrupt you, but do you reckon Summer might rent her womb out again for Paul this time? For Paul? So she can raise money for Paul. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say... Oh, so we can have a kid. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> I can hear that thought. Well, this is going to be a test of how good she really is as a person. Because she was perfectly willing to sell her baby mm. so that Aaron's dad could go to rehab. But now Paul's got MND. What's she, what's she offering? Yeah. A, a leg? A have kidney? You know, have you noticed? And, and I don't want to, you know, tempt fate or anything at the moment, but we're kind of not in the middle of a summer story and summer hasn't been dominating the show for a little while, has she? No. They've, she, they've given Harriet Bibby a bit of a rest. That's nice. Anyway, um, Aaron's dad's, um, he's chatting and, he, and, he, and it, well, no. it becomes apparent that he... He comes to a part... To, yeah, yeah, parties. I said, I, yeah, I said this. I said yeah. that his nan's died. Nan... Yeah, I said, I said. Um, and, but he also, um, he brings up the fact that he knows that Aaron has split up with Summer... But he says, Aaron's told me that he's seeing someone else now. This is really confusing. Anyway, Abby, Abby looks a little daggers. bit quizzical about this. Uh, Aaron. So Aaron's obviously not being straight with his dad about what's been going on. Fair enough. So um, uh, Steve, Steve finds Amy uh, back at the house later after the whole bus incident. And she tells him what's happened and how embarrassing it was. What happens if I, you know, when I go back to university tomorrow and I have another meltdown in the lecture and he says, oh, let's have a player board game together. So What board game? Um, Cult Express. Good one. Okay. Aaron, Abby and, da- d- and, and Dad, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, are in the bistro later. And then Steve and Tracy come in as well and they have a bit of a standoff with Abby by the door and Abby's like, look, Amy has admitted she was wrong about the rape. You're still then holding a grudge against Darren. It's not fair. He didn't do anything. Leave it alone. And then it kind of gets a little bit personal, doesn't it? With uh, them calling her an ex-smackhead and stuff. And to be honest, Abby could have brought in the murderer thing if she really wanted to go for a low blow against Tracy there. Didn't Tracy point out that Amy's now saying the opposite? I don't know. She just said you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I think she's trying to save Amy's... Because Amy's, yeah. you know, trying to be more discreet about this and it's not necessarily that she told her mum and dad so that they could disseminate this information to everybody on the street. But at the same time, if this is my best friend, I wouldn't just call her a smackhead <laughs> and, like, leave. I would sit her down and go, I think, I know you're trying to do the good, the right thing here and I know you like Aaron and you don't believe this has happened, but it did. Yeah, but I think that that's not dramatic. Both of them are very um, stubborn. Yeah, they're stubborn, but they're also quite highly strung, and it didn't surprise me that they got into a bit of a. Well, it's more fun. Uh, yeah, a snapping. Way. I mean, to, to be honest, why hasn't this happened before? Because Aaron, so Abby has been on Team Aaron for a good month or so now, hasn't she? Why is Tracy only leaving it until now to have a go at her? But never mind that. So Wednesday, Aaron's dad appears again and says, oh, son, you can come back and live with me if you like. I'm clean. I'm getting my life back on track. How's about it? Um, 
And so he does. He doesn't want to at first, but Abby kind of suggests that it's a good idea. And he's like, you know, well, your dad's reaching out to you. Don't don't ignore him. So at the end of the episode, Aaron gets in his car. Steve sees it. And he has a little mini celebration with Amy because they think that Abby has thrown Aaron out and that he's moved away from Weatherfield for it or away from Coronation Street, at least. And maybe we won't see him again. Um, so clearly, this is not the case. So he's not left the show Oh, Aaron? Yeah. No. Not why, as far as I know. Why do you think that? I, I would have thought I'd have seen something on social media Me about too. him leaving the show. I think where this is going now is that... Because I think a lot of people were saying, oh, now he's going to live with his dad, so he's got away with it, and that's how they've written him out. But I don't think this was a conclusive ending. Have so people been saying that? I've not seen yeah. anyone say that. So, But what I think is going to happen is that he's going to move in with his dad, and he's going to realise that he's in real danger of becoming his dad if he carries on drinking the way he is and losing control of himself. Mm, Because there's definitely this element here of the alcohol being involved and this family history of alcoholism. So I think his dad's going to relapse with Aaron in the house. Maybe Aaron and his dad will get drunk together. Yeah, maybe. And and he'll really, you know, they'll get into a fight or something. Or maybe Aaron will get drunk and his dad won't. Mm. And Aaron will say or do something that is quite out of a character for him. And his dad will say, you're like me, like you're like I was. Mm. I mean, we already had something similar where Aaron kind of learns a bit of a lesson last week with a whole tattoo on the forehead kind of thing, although uh, he seems to be over that now. But maybe. You know what they say, Michael? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him think. Very true. Um... Yeah, so that that happened, it was fine. No, nothing much to, to say about that, although I'm still wondering, like, what's going on with Kevin? When's he coming back? Kevin's I don't loving really know. the bratwurst. Reckon. <laughs> oh, I think he is, yeah. Right. Um, Maybe he's eating lots of Black Forest Gatto. Maybe. <laughs> Shall I do, do you do about friendship? Do the storyline. Yeah, what's been, what's been going on now? On, on Monday, George comes home at lunch because he just wants to go on his boat again. He's loving it. And he gets into a spat. Uh, with Todd because he's moaning about Marmite and um and Todd's moaning about the mess and then the bosun gets snapped in half. Oh my gosh. I'm not even sure what a bosun is. He's isn't the bosun the one doesn't he sit in the, the crow's nest? At I the thought top? the bosun was just like the sort of we're not gonna say it but he's actually Captain Hook's gay friend. Is it oh maybe he is a bit of a Mr Smee, yeah. They're, you know that they, they're they in a relationship. Do you but, think so? But Disney would never admit it. I don't think that's true. I think it is well, true. Well, you know, I'm streaming on Disney Plus now. I'm pretty Peter sure. Peter Pan and Wendy. Is it Bob Hoskins and... Who was the other guy? I don't remember. Who played Hook. I think they, they said they played them as a gay couple. Oh, okay. But I think that's brilliant. It makes it even better, that film. I love Hook. It's my favourite movie of all no, time. No, it's not. You big liar. So Brian comes in to chat with um George, to George in the pub. And he's a fellow shipbuilder. Who would have ever thought? Well, yeah, and Tom's like, I can't believe this. He's kind of told, he's kind of said, I have not been able to do it since Julie. But back in the day, I used to be mega into oh, a fiend building model it. boats. He used to sit there sniffing glue he, all night. <laughs> he does seem to, I quite enjoyed seeing Todd's exasperation at these two during the week. Todd still, I'm thinking, crying out for a proper, decent storyline. Yeah. What is going on there? Todd I mean, should be a major player. He's just the right age, you know. Yeah. He's, he's our age, isn't he? He's 40-ish. Why is he so just in the background? He's in his very, in very late 30s. Like us. Oh, I am. 
Um, what, what, why isn't he got? Why is there no Big Todd storyline apart anyway. from I'm being a bit sneaky with with trying to steal Billy back? So, um, Todd gets back later and they're gluing things to the table by accident. And Brian's inviting himself over for dinner because he wants to help them. Uh, he wants to help the, this shipbuilding exercise and he wants to bring over his half-finished model of the Endeavour so they can, they can work on it. And then Todd can't believe it when he comes down later and he sees them both, there's two boats on the go, and they say, oh, will it only be for a few days? And then they, he, he realises they've glued his mug to the table. Oh. Oh. On Wednesday, George and Brian are having a late start at work because they want to build the ships a bit more. And... Um, George has got his golden hind. Yeah, the what was it called? Head, it's maidenhead. The... That's it. This this whole story was just ripe for the innuendo, wasn't it? Like, Somebody oh. just wrote into Google funny, sexually suggestive yeah. shipbuilding terminology. I mean, I'm surprised that they've not talked about the poop deck yet, which is a classic immature bit of um. It's like they lingo. it's like they did it on purpose. So they had like talk. George accusing Brian of taking his maiden head later. They talked about well, they, rear even Rear Admiral and everything. And also yeah. the, the model seaman of the year oh, competition. Oh, seaman. Come honestly. on, man. I want them to... You know what I would really love to see? A scene with Brian and George in the pub with um with Peter there. And they're trying to engage him in conversation about all their lingo that they know about ships. And he's like, I really could not give two hoots. I don't care. <laughs> and this is a man who's got a book about the Navy in his house. Oh, he's got mermaid tattoos all over him, doesn't he? Mm. So, <laughs> so yeah, like, like we mentioned, Brian tells George that he wants to enter the competition for the Model Seaman of the Year. And he wants George to be his rear <laughs> admiral. And back at the house, George is panicking because he can't find his maiden head and he accuses uh, Brian of stealing it. And um, it's it's all fun, isn't it? It's great. It's, it's fun. But this is definitely better with Brian. It's still like the fillerest of filler storylines, but at least it's low stakes and it's not one of these over-edited, dark, depressing, miserable messes of a storyline. But it's not like... But when it, when it was a scene of these guys came on, I was like, okay, I can kind of I really like this. I like Brian and I like George and I like the idea of them building ships and I just love anyone who's into things, even if they're silly to me, I think it's... There's still just not a story there, is there? They're literally just building it's boats. It's very it's... reminiscent of Norris and Mary and their competition entering. A little bit. Do you not think? Mm. This, this is how they used to bond. Mm. Um, right, from from Brian to Ryan, not much going on really. Ryan's he, carefully he... standing so that you can only see a three-quarter <laughs> He was Brian's a style. little bit, wasn't he? Um, no, we did get to see a full-on space It scar. was interesting to me that the, the camera angles they were using on Ryan, because you know that they did that full makeup. I can't imagine that scene took more than a, a day, surely. No, it was it over been. more than one day? It doesn't make sense if it was, but they obviously did all the makeup on, but you could only see it in a very few amount of shots. So they obviously are trying to acclimatise, this is my conspiracy theory, Go on. they're trying to acclimatise the, the, the viewers to only seeing him from that angle so they can get away with just not doing it sometimes. You reckon? Do you reckon they'd try it? Do you not think it was like really like you're like watching it going, I want to see. There were bits where it was like it. you can't really see much scar here. It was like a red light, like a kind mm. of. Anyway, continue. Anyway, he he just basically finds out that Carla and Peter have cancelled a trip away because they want to look after him, and he's saying to Carla, "Look, you don't need don't need to look after me. I'll be fine." 
Um, and then he phones. And then, and then, so when they decide, yes, okay, let's go, he tries to give Crystal a ring, which is kind of interesting because he's been doing, he's had contact with Crystal for, what, two weeks now, maybe? And he's surely never he's spoken never spoken to her. to her on the phone because it is actually Daisy on the other end. So it was interesting that he thought he'd give it a crack at this point. Why hasn't he tried it before? Or maybe he has, I don't is know. Is he one of these horrible people that likes to talk on the telephone? You, you, you just, you're, you're a bit odd for not I'm completely that. normal. I think most people, if you said, I, I'll phone you up or I'll cut your little finger off, you the people would be like, which hand would you like <laughs> to cut the little finger off of? Anyway, so this, this is just building into a storyline for next week, so expect plenty of Daisy and Ryan. I'm going to say I wouldn't be surprised if this time next week Ryan knows about Crystal's true identity or Daniel finds out that Daisy Daniel's is posing as Crystal. Daniel's never going to find gonna anything he's not going to be too out. happy about it. Well, he, he's got his own he's problems his now, hasn't he? He's, Can yeah, I just quickly true. give a shout out to Debbie for her undying loyalty? Because she was around asking about Ryan. How's Ryan? How's Ryan? Oh, yeah, she was, wasn't and, she? And, you know, they've got this bond now because they're both crims together and he took a bullet for her. And so now she is looking out for him, which I think is fantastic. And so was her outfit. Yeah, I, I loved her marching around Carla's flat like a little Again, yappy dog. Why aren't you looking after him? Mm. Anyway, Max sentence. On Friday, David tells Gail that Max might be considered for early release. Ooh. But he doesn't want to get his hopes up. So he goes to visit Max, who, as we said before, is feeling the breeze. <laughs> and he's pretty down. He's not getting any revision done. He's, he's got his he's, exams He's having a rubbish like, time in prison. It's, it's not fun for him. Daniel arrives at the prison. See, whenever I think of like a prison sentence, I always imagine it the same way I always imagine a really long plane flight, where you think I'm go- I'm gonna be stuck here and I'm gonna so I'm gonna read this book or I'm gonna do this work or I'm gonna do this that and everything. Yeah, and then when really you get productive. there, you're like, I'm oh, I'm just gonna read these peanuts and watch the movie. <laughs> so um, that so when he yeah he doesn't want to do it do his revision. I guess he's doing his A levels. Um. Um, uh, I don't or know. GCSEs? GCSEs, I think. So Daniel arrives at the prison for a writing class with Max and the other and the other lads, and I think he thinks he's Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, you know when he oh. when she does that, you know, got to reach yeah. these kids and going to teach them about, and they're like, "Yeah, Miss, you're so cool." But he's just like a boring. Well, he's a, he's a he's a um, Mr. Schneebly. No, he wishes he was. Schneebly. He does. That's probably who he's trying to model himself on. No, he's he's just a boring bum, and he thinks he's like, yeah, I'm cool and young. I'm Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act too. Exactly. There are so many great fictional examples of teachers that go in to the hood mm. to to help the children to to go on the right path, but they're too late. How can late. I reach these kids? <laughs> and um, there, there's like a, a bully there. There's people. There's a, there's a wisecracking one. <laughs> Talking There's... about going out on the town and bringing home two women last He's night. like, let's write a fake journal entry. And they're like, yeah. And then, you know, they're writing all this nonsense. And, and Daniel's like, I can't believe these felons won't take my creative writing exercise seriously. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Daniel? So, so um, he's getting really mad. He gets distracted when... Um, when... Ma- Max says, oh, I wrote my journal entry about a massive dump I took this morning. <laughs> yeah, and I called it. Your mum. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel's not impressed, and he he has to. There's a fight brewing. 
he Steve steps out to take a phone call, comes back in, they're having a fight, puts his phone down, and then Max nicks it quickly, and Daniel doesn't notice. He dismisses the class, and when he gets back home, he tells Ken, I don't know where my phone is. And Ken's like, oh dear, you should report it to the authorities. And, and Daniel says, no, but I was being a criminal because I wasn't even allowed my phone in the class, mm. so I'll get in trouble, so I can't tell anybody. And like, so we know that Max now has this secret phone. Yeah. And also... Which apparently does not have a lock on it. No. And also, Gail has a stimulator to help her sleep at night. That that was kind of funny. It was funny. I think it was... I think It was more da- da- it, it David's was reaction. that made it funny. Well, yeah, the, the best bit was when it comes back later in the episode because it was like a scene at the beginning where they were talking about Gail's stimulator well, and David she's... worries that it's... um. A little grown-up toy, and um, yeah. and and it was kind of funny. But I was thinking, okay, well, that's that over with. But then when they bring it up again later, and David walks into the <laughs> pub, and he hears them her talking to Nick about it. the stimulator, and just like, oh, not again, and then turns Loved 180 it. degrees and walks out. That, that was that was great. I love so that. yeah, this was part of the plot about the the late late night licensing, and yeah. she could sleep well, and she's got this thing in her hand. Yeah, exactly. I can't imagine how something buzzing in your hand is going to make you sleep. No, Wouldn't you just think you were rolling over on a hamster? <laughs> um, right, so that was it for Coronation Street this week. I, I did enjoy chatting with you about it today. I think we enjoy talking about the week yeah. more when it's a boring week. It, it, it's just... The, the, the most exciting bit of the week for me was Paul driving off in a car and then coming back at the next scene. So that's kind of that's kind of how Where high stakes are, yeah. it was. I mean... The, Stephen getting the life insurance policy was kind of exciting. So it's like, what oh, is he really going to bump off Elaine? When Tim kidnapped Elaine? No, wasn't one feeling that. Um, I think this was a fairly standard three out of five. I'm I'm going lower. I'm gonna. Are you? Yeah. Okay. What, I, I think to get a three, it's got to have just a bit more of something. That's. Yeah, that was that was quite good. That I, I enjoyed that, but the rest was a little bit dull. I just don't think there was really anything this week that really, really got my got my blood pumping. Um, so, so you'll give what? What are you scoring it? Three, three what? Three flashy carbuncles. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give it um two and a half massive dumps that I did this morning, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll write you more about that later. And um, my I've got a character. I was gonna week. say it feels it also felt very sad and futile to me when I was watching Daniel try to direct their creative writing exercise, knowing that Chat GPT could have. Yeah, I know. Wrapped it out. Maybe that's what Max is gonna do. He's gonna like ace the ace the prison class because he's the only one with a bum phone. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's it's a bit probably a little bit big for that. He's got the he's got massive baggy jacking bottom pockets, hasn't he? But yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be able to do all this Jack GPT and be the uh, the SWAT of the class. Yep. Right, character of the week. Um, This is a hard one. I don't think it is. I think I'm going to quite confidently say Dee Dee this week. Oh, Dee Dee. That's a really good yes. choice. Yeah, because she is good. She's she slotted in very well in the street. I'm enjoying her. Yes, she was maybe a little bit, you know, didn't think about what might happen inviting Trish to come and see Paul. It's, but honestly, she is doing her doing utmost to, to try and help and support him. She is saying the right thing about tell your friends and family. And, and like I said, the scene where Paul nearly stole the car she wasn't willing to compromise her principles or whatever she was like 
I, I can't defend you if this is happening. So uh, for, for a fair number of reasons, Dee Dee is my character of the week. Well, I think I'm going to copy your homework. Because <gasps> I think that's a great idea. I think Dee Dee should be character of the week. I just like her integrity and mm. um, her generosity of, of you know, her, her goodness in helping Paul. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't like to like don't realize that how they would react. Lots of people when you get some kind of diagnosis like this, just dump you because they they find it too uncomfortable. And she's um, she's facing up to it, and she's doing the right thing by Paul as much as mm. she can do. I I got like a, a bit of a worry that maybe she's gonna drop him in it. She's just gonna say to him, I I know. Looking at how she's been, there's no reason why she would, but for a plot development driven thing to happen, I think we've got could to... she tell Billy or or, oh, okay. or Summer or even like bring it up to Aggie or something for some kind oh, of maybe. medical advice? Yeah, she could. Uh, now that Aggie was back I in it I'd today for her. no particular reason. Oh, it's Dee Dee. I'd definitely ask her about. I don't. It. I don't want her to do that. I'd rather Paul Came broke the me. news himself. But um, it, it could happen. But anyway, yeah. Dee Dee is my character this week. Should we move on? Welcome to the cabin, everybody. It is the news section. We have actually got quite a lot of news this Do week. We? Yeah, we've got a variety well, of news. I know, I know. It's a, it'd be a short podcast. Not doing so well with that. But first up, we do have the British Soap Awards shortlist came out this week. So that's always good for a bit of a chinwag. We didn't even realise this was happening, did we? It caught us off guard a little bit. Was it Tuesday, I think, the tickets came on site? It was. It was strike day, wasn't it? So, um, Tuesday? Yeah, not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, strike was Tuesday. Um, so um, you can now vote in the shortlist of the British Soap Awards and you can get yourself tickets to the show as well. So we've been for the past three or four uh, British Soap Awards, been there in the audience. It's a great night out. If you get there early enough, you can go and see some of the stars as they're arriving and go and say a little hello and, and, and all this kind of stuff. So um, we do heartily recommend it. They've got... Um, we, we were having a look at tickets on Tuesday and they still had... Quite a few. We we got in there pretty early, didn't we? Um, and there were plenty left, but um, I'm, there's I'm, still a few left. Have you ever just on then? Oh yeah, it's filled up. We're just on the website now. You still got tickets available there's if you still, want to go. There's none left. Oh no, there's loads left on the upper circle. Oh yeah. I don't think anyone's bought any. That's weird. And then why the, aren't there just like loads of soap circle. fans buying that up? Well, I mean, it, well, we they, want you guys to buy them because we, we want, want you to be there. We want people to be cheering on Team Corrie and booing when anybody else wins. It should. It shouldn't be. You know that that whole area should be full of Corrie fans because it's literally mm. a stone's throw from the set. So yes. please, was, um, please, uh, if you're on the fence, uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think so. I, I don't know how many Corrie are going to pick up before, this year. It's amazing. It is absolutely worth you, it. It really, really is. Um, and the Lowry is nice. It's lovely. Go. You can go early and you can meet them all as they go in too. Yeah. Do you remember the last time we went to the Lowry Soap Awards? That was when we um, when we got that plant from Sally Ann Matthews. And I tried to take my cider into the... Um, the, oh yes, you did, didn't you? Did I tried you? to take it into the thing, and they're like, "I'm sorry, you're not allowed to take uh, drinks in." And I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But elder celebs do. So I had to drink it all in one go. When do we get our invite to be on the red carpet? Not you know, not to be have a photo taken or anything. But when do we? When it. do we get our behind the scenes invites for Please this? Invite Michael, but not me. No, yeah. I don't want to. I'm scared. You have a bag on your head or something. 
I'll die. It's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so they're on the 3rd of June. That hadn't been announced before. So that's um, four weeks' time, I think. Yeah, four weeks' time. Um, so if you would like to vote in the shortlist, there's still only a couple of categories there. Um, so best leading performer, we've got Charlie Jordan is leading the charge for Coronation Street. She plays Daisy Midgley. Absolutely great choice there. Um, best villain, Todd Boyce, Gemma. Hey. Do you think he's going to be there? I think he might be. Do you think he'll recognise me? What is that? That crazy fan? No, the one that was standing in the doorway of the of the underworld in the middle of the night. Oh yes, have you, you have crossed paths with him in real life before? I he's, forget this. I, I think he's absolutely magnificent. Oh, I really want him to go on the podcast. Um, we've got the best young performer, um, soon to be birthday boy June Jude Riordan, who plays Sam Blakeman. Um, so I think it was between him and Isabella Flanagan, wasn't it? I, mean, I, I voted Jude before, so I'm I'm really pleased to see he's up so there. So these are the Brilliant ones you edition. can vote for, and you can also yes. vote for the best soap. And the the voting closes. On the 2nd of June at 5 o'clock. Yeah. yeah it does indeed. Do you have to do, what, get on with it? Yeah, do we get on with it? We'll get on with it. Okay, so... Those are what your, you can vote what for. What you can't vote for unless you are on the panel. And again, why, why, aren't, we why, why aren't we on the panel? I think... I Maybe think, a little bit biased? I think the bias is the problem. Yeah. Um, so the panel voted awards. So it seems like... They really want the Acid Attack storyline to get some awards this year because it's mostly that, which is, you know, there has been some other good stuff, but I, I don't know, this is, this is what we've got. So, well, first one, not Acid Attack, but she does have a rather acidic tongue. Best comedy performance, Maureen Lipman playing Evelyn Plummer. That's a good shout out. She's been brilliant. I really kind of, I'm hoping for, for that one. Best dramatic performance, we got Charlie Jordan again. Best single episode, Acid Attack episode. Great one. Best newcomer, we got Shanique Sterling Brown playing Dee Dee Bailey. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be her or, or Jodie Prenger, wasn't it? Um, but, you yeah. know, Dee Dee being my character of the week this week. I think week. they're both. Go, go, go for her. I, I, I don't know what the competition is like with these on the other soaps. Best family. Um, I thought that that was a, um, a, a viewer voted one in previous years. I don't know. But the plats are there as best family. And we were talking about this earlier in the podcast. Still, the plats don't feel like a big family unit who have lots of things it happen to them. It feels to me them, like the, the plats were the big thing. Then when Kate Oates came in, she directed the focus to the Barlows. Mm. And then when Ian McLeod came in... I feel like he he didn't take that approach of focusing on anyone. And so, yes, we've still got all these di- dynasties and strong family units, but they're really not the focus. No. Well, I don't, I don't think that there's any families that are focused for being point. a family. That's and you know point. what the reason for that is? They just all go and have their breakfast at the cafe. It's there's not a, very many establishing family shops in the home kind of thing. It's things. because of a lack of family values. There's just society has gone wrong, and you know it's it's because we um we allowed gay marriage, and they warned us <laughs> that this would happen, and now now there's no good family in Coronation Street. Because uh, Coronation Street is you know gay marriage city, isn't it? No, I just I don't I don't know what it is. I, I there's just not a real strong feeling of family. I mean, I would probably vote for the Allahans, but but again, they've not done anything as a family. When, it's just individual characters are doing things, and maybe yes, they belong in a family. But do you think? Billy will get married to Paul. Oh, probably. Next year, and then what would their name, family name, be? What is Billy's dad? I forgot. What Billy, Billy is called. Mayhew. Mayhew Winter. 
No, he's Foreman, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Foreman Hugh. For Hugh. Mayman. I don't know. Anyway, um, so... Well, I'm pulling for that. I'm, I'm pulling for next year. We'll have Deadpool and Billy. I want to shake things up and have the Baileys there. Um, best storyline, Daisy's stalking hell. Um, scene of the year, the acid attack. You look at this. What so was we... that? When did that happen? What? That's... What was that? The acid attack. Stop it. I'm being silly. So we, look, look, we got got best leading performer. I've got no problem with this story. I think it's been great. But we got best leading performer, best dramatic performance, best single episode, best storyline, scene of the year, all from the acid attack story. I mean, Where's... there has been no, nothing here for say the racism. Nothing here for um, for the for the serial killer apart from best villain, I suppose. We got best on screen partnership: David Nielsen and Maureen Lipman. Now that's a good one. They 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 are you know not a couple obviously, but they they do have cracking chemistry together. I'd love it if they won. Um, but anyway, good luck, Coronation Street. Can I just Street crap on the categories and, and again? Bad luck. Um, other ones. No, like, if you I want to crap on the categories again. I like. I know that I this I keep harping on about getting rid of the the categories for male and female, but they replaced it with best leading performer and best dramatic performance, which is the same bloody thing. And then they've got the shortlist. It, the leading performer is what the public vote, and the panel is the is the um, the dramatic performance. They vote. really and don't they've got the same person. For both of them, yeah. which, you know, Charlotte Jordan deserves the awards. I think she's been fantastic, but it just makes it even more obvious to me that these two categories are, are the, exactly same the same thing. thing. If you're going to keep them, which, you know, nobody asked me, but you shouldn't, <laughs> then make it best fan favourite and best expert to say what it is. Literally describe what they are because you'll just use it. You've just gone into the thesaurus... And just coming up with random words. Yeah, so leading performance doesn't necessarily have to be dramatic. What does that I've, even mean? I don't and know. And there's no... So I've said it before. There's no such thing as a leading performance in a soap. No, no, that's... You're absolutely right. There's not. It's an ensemble. That's and I don't, the point. And I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it anymore because I don't want to diminish anybody's win because I think that, it, it, you know, if, if Charlie wins both of these, I would say good on her. She deserves it. I don't want to ever take it away from anybody. So I'm not going to say it anymore, but... Yeah, anyway, good luck, Team Corey, and um, get yourself some tickets, guys. Um, now, we've got some we've got some good news, we've got some sad news. So first off, Rebecca Ryan, who played Lydia last year, she's popped out a sprog just recently. She plays... Um, not she plays. She is called Aurora. So... <laughs> the baby's playing the role of the daughter of Rebecca Ryan. Yes. Um, so anyway, congrats to Rebecca. Congratulations. Um, but sad news, we had two ex-Cory um, cast members um, that their deaths reported this week. Minor, but um, still really sad to have two in the same week. So Barbara Young, um, who played um, Doreen several, Fenwick. Several. Yeah, for several characters. Most famously known for Doreen Fenwick. I mean, that was in like 51 episodes in 2007. She picked, you might. She went over the, the, uh, the do category. Know, do you remember yeah, we did I, we best? We did do best under, under 50 episodes. Uh, you would be forgiven for not remembering this character. She was just this ex-exotic dancer who was a friend of Rita's. Norris ended up fancying her, proposing Why to her. Why wouldn't you? They got into a, into a comedy scrapes because other of Angela Hawthorne's ex-husbands also proposed to her. She, she was all right. 
Um, but she also, yeah, as you said, she played various roles. So she played um, a club hostess. She played um, a character called Dorothy Stockwell in 1982. She played Martin Platt's mum um, in 1991 good. for a couple of episodes. Uh, but yeah, she was 92. She was also so, um, in Pardon the Expression, which was the spin-off. Yes, she was. She was the in the Leonard, Leonard Swindley express, uh, uh, spin-off. You're right. So um, R.I.P. there. And also to Maria Charles, who died aged 94 recently. Wow. She played a character called Lena Thistlewood um, between February and June 2005. Yeah, very, very minor character. Um, but. but she was a recurring role and she was... I, I quite liked her when she was in it. We saw her on the DVDs recently. She was just Blanche's batty friend who swanned in for a few months and then swanned out again. And she was in a famous-ish, well, memorable-ish scene where she walks into the garage one time and Maria is... There, rutting with Tyrone oh, in the in the office, Why but she's that word? she's famous. Um, well, she's important to Corey Law because the character of um, Lena died in two thousand and six, and she left Eccles to Blanche in her will. So we we had all those years of Eccles on Coronation Street. We had we had the character of Lena to thank, and for then that. Emma killed him. So that, yeah, exactly. Um, we have been, of course, having some I'm a Celebrity South Africa this week. We have not been watching, but thank you very much to Rebecca, who's been keeping us up to date with what's been going on. Apparently, things are going well for Helen this time. If you remember last time she was in, in, the, in Celebrity Jungle, whatever it was, 10 years ago, it was all a bit miserable for her. But sounds like she's having a lovely, happy time and doing well with challenges this week. So congrats to her. They've, they've apparently split the group into two teams and, and Helen's representing Coronation Street, I guess, on one team and Andy Wyman um, on the other team and his team's not doing so well, not doing so great in the tasks. Apparently he's had a row with Janice Dickinson and um, and and Andy may well be kicked out. Apparently tonight's episode no. of it ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So we, we wait until Monday, Monday to find out whether Andy will be staying in South Africa. Um, I, I really have no desire to watch any of this, but it's, I'm still interested to know what's going on. So cheers, Rebecca, for letting us know. And finally, um, the place where ex-Coronation Street actresses and actors go, go on to... pay to, off their mortgage. Yep, it's, it's Waterloo Road. And a uh, new series of that is coming along. It's already seeming to have at least... 10 million ex-Coronation Street members on the cast, soon to be bolstered by Jenny Platt, who played Violet Wilson, um, Dylan's mum. What's going on with Dylan at the moment? Uh, I, still, still, I still don't get why Dylan is in the programme. Like, he's a great actor, what is he doing? Anyway, so Jenny Platt's going to be there, and also um, an actress called Olin May. Now, she was most famous, in my eyes, for playing uh, Jessica Lundy, who was the vicar that married Roy and Haley the first time, but she's played a couple of other characters as well, um, including the judge who presided over Corey's trial, um, Corey Brent's trial a couple of years ago. So anyway, they're going to be joining the new series of Waterloo Road. I kind of would like to watch that. I'm just, I'm slightly curious. Are you in any way curious of Waterloo Road? No. But why? It might, you know, we, we've got... I think one episode left of Benidorm, haven't we? Yeah. And that's that's definitely deteriorated in recent series, but I am really very, very pleased and genuinely honest about saying that um, Tony Morsley's character is my favourite in the show. And I was so nervous about that I wouldn't like his character enough to maybe pretend that he was good, but I, I'm loving Kenneth. Um, yeah, me too. I, 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 I want to give Waterloo Road a try. Oh, go on then. 
No, but I want to watch it with you. You might like it. Okay. Yay! Right, anyway, that's the news. Not everything appeals to everybody and not everybody likes everything and it's fine. Very true. You're you're demanding I explain myself for why I don't want to watch a programme. You don't have to explain yourself. You just need to say, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah, I don't mind. Whatever. Well, maybe we will. Right, feedback. Okay, feedback time then. And we are going to start off with the score for last week's Coronation Street. You liked it better than we did. I think we only gave it like three last week. But the Facebook group... Um, gave it 4.06 out of 5. So a Ooh. strong week, according to listeners. And that included my picks of the week, which were Rachel, who scored it four mistakenly booked party venues in Nottingham <laughs> out of 5. Lindsay, four top tunes from the 90s out of 5. And Chad was my big pick of the week. I don't know, I just, I, I like this one. Three and a half laptops and a tray of rice. Simple as that. Incidentally, out I, of five. I heard that's what they're serving at the luncheon tomorrow for the new king. Oh, really? <laughs> Laptop ori. Um, so, but um, I want to say thank you very much to everybody who has written in to say that they enjoyed the Maud Grimes character profile. Yeah. We've had a couple of messages from 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 Maud fans. I think yeah. we need to set up a fan club for this. We need we'll, to. We'll make badges. We need to make a change. Um, we need uh, so thank change you. Change from what? Um, a change from people not knowing from who Maud Grimes is. Mm. Yeah, change from apathy. That's our slogan. Always um, have an opinion on everything. I would also... I, say. I, I want to put out a plea here on the podcast. Mm. Have you got your tote bags yet? If you're on, if you're on our Patreon and if you've got the Beast... Uh, sorry, the Rovers tier and above, we sent our tote bags out on Tuesday and nobody said they got one yet. I'm getting a bit worried that they've all been lost in the post. Um, so please, if you got them... Let get us them know. if you don't live in the UK for a while. Oh yeah, I'm just talking they have to all our been UK sent, listeners. But they are going by, I think it's an old man in a canoe. Uh, what's what's the um uh, what's the uh, sea um, sea slug mail? I think it's going. Um, yeah. So it will get to you across the pond. You might just have to wait over a month. But, but it'll yeah, be okay. They, they should have arrived to, to venues in the UK, so please let us know that you have got them. Right, um, we got an email this week from somebody called Shoshana. So hello. Shoshana. That's what I said. Okay. And she says, I'm a listener from Brooklyn, New York. That's cool. Um, that is I, cool. I'm very amused by the Fagarship. Because Fag... So this is Faye and Craig, isn't yes. it? Yes. Because Fager is actually a Jewish name, and my niece's Jewish name, and it means bird. Is that really how Fager. you say it? Fager. Or Fage. I don't know. Oh, maybe it is Fage. I don't know. We're really sorry. We just don't know... Sorry for butchering. ...how to say your name, how to say your lovely niece's name, even though we came up with the word originally. <laughs> um, anyway, she just says she loves the podcast and that we're both hilarious. She's not listening now because we've ruined everything. We've ruined it. Sorry, I feel like you'll let you down now. I th- thank you. Gemma is definitely a hilarious one. Okay, well, it's true. You're funny too, Michael. No, no, I didn't say it for that. Literally, <laughs> I did not say it for that. And you're I'm so the one handsome. that puts in all the work, and you're the one that makes it okay, funny. I get the glory. We both offer. We do. We both. Um, you're funny. Shut we up. We provide different things. Fishing, right? <laughs> are you, who's not. doing this one? You are. 
Right, Rebecca, lovely Rebecca, who is also our reporter on the scene. <laughs> on the scene Africa. in South Africa. Yeah. Um, she says, firstly, I'm glad that Paul has now been told he has M&D and now comes a long wait till he finally reveals to Billy and Gemma the truth. I'm going to guess it will come out at Gemma's wedding, but the sooner it comes out, the better, as the long wait is kind of depressing. I'm loving Dee Dee, however, being such a good friend, and I'm glad she was there at the doctor's when Paul got the news. I know that the storyline is depressing, but because of the good acting, I'm prepared to give the sadness a pass. Same with the Amy story. Elle was doing a good job, and I'm also glad she didn't take the laptop, despite how desperate she was for a new one. I loved RD drawing on Aaron's forehead and also mm-hmm. RD comparing that to Amy's situation. Very clever writing. That, that's the sort of thing. I mean, I, well, if I gave it a lowish score last week, that's the sort of thing that would have tipped this week into a three if there'd been anything where I was like, oh yeah, that bit, that, that was great. That was really clever, actually. And I just don't feel like I felt that about this week's episodes. She says, I like Nina's party being included in the story, but like Michael said, it seemed a bit pushed to one side. Can Stephen just push a lane in the Grand Canyon? <laughs> if he's gonna go to the trouble of going to las vegas to get married i love how if she does go she'll be the third metcalf to get married in las vegas i also love jenny flirting with owen who better to watch his back before who better watches back before Stephen gets hold of him i also wanted Stephen to kill the two drug dealers or as he called them moron one and moron two that's our names michael <laughs> that seems like a missed opportunity unless they're gonna come back at a later date oh and Gemma. Tim isn't going to be killed by Stephen unless Joe isn't telling us something. <laughs> yeah, I, I so, don't Rebecca, think I really fear. No, I, I don't think watch, yeah. we could be blessed by the Stephen. They are not fairy. getting rid of Joe Dutty. <sighs> I don't mind Joe. I don't like Tim. <laughs> right, so she says, I love Hope being a cow to Eliza. I know you shouldn't, but it's in Nope's I character. I forgot about that storyline. Uh, yeah, and I loved her bragging her dad was a serial killer. I also loved her saying to Eliza that she needs to rent a limo for her birthday to be popular. Did she rent one? When's the birthday? We missed I it? Think, no, it must be like next week or the week after. You wouldn't be booking a, organising a birthday party that far in advance. Maybe we'll see it this well, coming week. Well, some people do. If they really care about the person. Mm. So, she says, um, I don't think Sam will make it We'll take this for too long. I'm also glad Eliza got in at Weddy High. Not much to report for Ryan, but it's obvious that he and Daisy are going to end up together for some time. I wonder if Carla was going to work out Crystal was Daisy from the reality programme Daisy was describing and Ryan was texting about. I don't have a clue what George's story is about, but I'm assuming it's just filler and rest easy are going to be brought back trying to buy Shuttleworths. Jackson flirting with Carla. Creepy. Yeah, where's he gone? Also, Craig is too nice. (laughs) I would have shopped Jackson. This is funny, wasn't it? Because we watched the special. Hang on. Oh, go on. Yes. Jackson flirting with Carla. Creepy. Also, Craig is too nice. I would have shopped Jackson to the police for hitting Craig. Character of the week is Amy, and I'll give this week four times Stephen drove around the streets of Weatherfield in his mother's car looking like Noddy, or Evelyn thought Mr. Plod. Out of five. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> yes, the the thank you very much, Rebecca. We watched the coronation special of the Windsors a couple so of days much. ago, and the story was about them doing it like on the cheap, and they decided to get it done in the traveling in Slough. In Slough, <laughs> which is you know. Slough's got a shout out. Shout out to Slough. Mm. Um, right. Nancy finally says it's amazing to me that a man in Paul's situation would not listen to Dee Dee. He's willing to risk going to prison instead of telling the court about his condition. He needs to tell his family. <laughs> Billy's terrible to expect Paul to pay him back. <laughs> I think the truth will come out before Gemma's wedding or at a pivotal point 
Also, uh, do we really need Damon pressuring Paul? Apparently we do for this week. So, uh, yeah, the, the truth coming out of the wedding seems to be the popular theory at the moment. God, what a bummer. I, I, for the drama, I can certainly see it happening. But on, I just want the... I really want Gemma to have a happy, fun, silly wedding. And for Paul just to have a good time. And, you know, like, have cut... The, the bit at the end of Wednesday's episode this week when Summer got her job and Paul was doing genuine happy smiles and stuff was lovely. And, and let's just have let's just have him have a nice, silly, crazy novelty wedding, can't we? Anyway, um, Nancy continues. Amy was wonderful the way she tried to beat up on Aaron. He grabbed her hand and she fought back. Aaron is feeling so guilty he's grasping at any argument because he is desperate to defend himself. Ardy was wonderful the way you got Aaron to feel what Amy felt that night. Amy did a great job making Aaron feel uncomfortable when he visited her in the hospital too. He just cannot admit that he was raped, um, that he raped Amy, sorry, because he can't believe he would be so terrible. Stephen was brilliant scaring off the drug dealers and it was a surprise to me to see Owen flirting with Jenny. I think Jenny was just trying to get a reaction from Stephen. Oh, you know, that's it's kind, true love, right? That's kind of it. I don't know whether I thought of it that way, that she's trying to make him feel a little bit jealous because he's been, you know, on the on the edges and not made a move. And was she just going to... Her? I mean, partly I'm guessing she went to Owen because Debbie was making her feel like an old spinster. Um, but but no, maybe she... I think... Jenny would probably rather be with Stephen, but now, you know, as far as Jenny knows, he's going to be happily married to Elaine. So in her eyes, there's no harm in him going, uh, in in her going out with Owen. Maybe there's going to be a little affair. Who knows? Um, finally, um, Nancy says that she loved Hope, can take control of Eliza's birthday party. It's going to be funny if the plans backfire, though. Hope and Eliza could turn out to be good friends, along with Sam. Hmm. Um... Yeah, I mean, one of the things with the with the current older teens, like Amy and Asher and Ardy and Nina and Summer and all that lot, we did have lots of scenes in the past five years of just, you know, them going to the bus stop together, walking down the street, being young teens together. And we'll lose that unless we have another gang of younger teens Got together. Got so more of them. I, I, I wouldn't be against Hope and Eliza eventually becoming friends. Hope, but Eliza, Sam. I, I really, really want this this little love triangle between the three of them to come back because it's brilliant. Um, I think Daisy may start having feelings for Ryan and then realise that she loves Daniel and I give this week's episodes, says Nancy, three and a half, tease on knees out of five. <laughs> oh, I've, got a, I've got a tea nearly on my knee at the moment. Nearly. Nearly. <laughs> the character of the week is Stephen and I give a huge shout out to Ardy. Shout out. Woo, shout woo, out to Ardy. Ardy. Also, shout out to Slough. I think I'm going to make t-shirts that say shout out to Slough. A slout out. (laughs) Um, Right, if you would like to give a slout out to anybody, then why not email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. That is conversationstreet at gmail.com. Didn't have too many emails this week, so I'm putting out a call for them. And I haven't said it for a while. Send us a voice message. We ain't had one of them for a jolly long time. And I want to hear your lovely voices. Give our, give our vocal cords a rest. Um, we are at conversationstreet.podbean.com if you want to check out our lovely blog. Um, you might also perhaps view us on Instagram or Twitter. We're at, at conversationstreet on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Spotify. 
Um, thank you for anyone that's still leaving comments there on Spotify. We are getting email notifications when they're coming in, so comment away. Um, we had any horrible ones? No, we haven't had any okay. horrible ones. Um, we're on Patreon. If you'd like to sign up, get yourself a little tote bag, tote then bag. go along to patreon.com slash conversation street. Or there's other tiers that you can join there as well. Other tiers are available. They are. Was it this week? When did we do the Patreon? No, that was last week, wasn't it? The special episode. And of course, please go to our YouTube. We've got some lovely videos there. You guys let us down. Why? We said to you, I did, I said, listen, spend the weekend watching our videos because we need to get over um, 50p both days so we can get our money. Oh, and you know what we ended up with? We were short by 16p. Yeah. This is your fault. End, end of April, we were 16p down a if bit to get our end of the month payment. That's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you could have done it yourself, you know. Me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I could have done actually. <laughs> anyway, you just a bit you, of re- revelation for Gemma. We can me. watch our own videos I can be, on YouTube. This is an empowering statement for all podcasters out there. Be your own audience. <laughs> um, we we have hopefully coming up soon. Got an actual video video coming with some. Oh, oh yeah, we do. We do. Well, we, we we hopefully got two in the next couple of months, um, but um, we will have to wait and see about that. So are we go in now. Going where? To leave this podcast. Oh yes. Because I've got I've got catchphrases. I'm going to coin some catchphrases for teachers. What do you need to do for our coronation party before you go to bed tonight? Why? It's none of your business. Why? I'm just interested. I've got to do various things. Why? Nobody wants to hear about that. They want to hear about my t-shirt ideas. Remember, if you want to buy a t-shirt that says "Shout out to Slough," let me know because I will make some. I'll make a boutique batch. And also, I'm still trying to make. Um, Show me the ghosts. Happen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Have a lovely long weekend if you're in the UK. If and, you're um, not, sorry. Big up to Charles. Big up to Slough. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcasttheems.com. Don't forget, Camilla. <laughs>